Duncan McLeod. Or the Clan McLeod. My name is Ichabod Crane. Name's MacGyver. Colonel Jack O'Neill, SG-1. I am Batman! Hello, I'm the Doctor. So there's this man, he has a time machine. Up and down history he goes, zip, 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 getting into scrapes. For years, and maybe more than that, right, Mac? But, but how long has it been? Is it been six, seven years ago? Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Hey, now wait a minute. Now wait just a minute. Human beings were not meant to sit in little cubicles staring at computer screens all day. I've got something for you. Oh, uh, merci, Sonora. Just one more thing, sir. Oh, boy. Just like that. Bing, bang, boom. At this point, I'd settle for the boom. They'd love it here, don't you think? This is what I'm saying. And then, by the way, where is your podcast? Tell everybody that's here. Welcome to the Never Gets Old podcast. The podcast of all we love in TV, movies, music, and comics. With your hosts, Mac Jackson and Nathan Shell. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, and YouTube. Donations at paypal.com at Mac. W. Jackson at Comcast.net. Listen to my chaping songs. DJ saying that they're too long. His guitar may be silenced, but his soul goes on and on. Alone again, alone again. His stories were like us, a beginning. Hey everybody, welcome to the Never Gets Old podcast. Uh, we are doing a live episode, so if this goes well, maybe we'll do more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if it doesn't, maybe we'll still do them. I'm paying 20 bucks a month, so we're doing Shut them. Wind. <laughs> I got my buddy Scott Tipton uh, with me, and I'm, I, I was waiting, I couldn't wait to tell you, Scott, I love 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 that you sent me the thing to remind me that we have to do one of these because obviously we have fun uh and i was looking i swear this isn't a thing i was looking at i'm not lying i was looking at my phone thinking gotta bug scott i i i miss him and i i don't want to be a pest but i think i'm and as i'm looking at the phone contemplating it because it's been on my mind for a while you send that and it pops up and I laugh so hard. I'm like, yes, yeah, he gets it. He he gets it. And I Dude. love that you did because we're on the- cut, to the, cut to the Jack Kirby panel. To me, my X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's so funny too, because I, you know, getting all philosophical and I'm like, you know, my family and I, we watch um mad about you a lot just because it's so true to life and you know we love it and when there's nothing that we're in the mood to watch that's your comfort show you throw that on while you're eating dinner if you don't have more than a half hour you know before the kids have to go do whatever they're going to do and ira his cousin 
you know, is like his best friend and he yeah. comes and goes like you have people and it's very much a sitcom thing. If in New York, I doubt this would really happen because you're not traveling across the city to pop in for two seconds and go, oh, you guys are busy. OK, bye and leave. Like, no, no, no. I just spent a lot of money, you know, got over here. I'm staying. I don't care what's I mean, happening. You do it on like on Earth Seinfeld, New York, where everybody runs into everybody on the street all the time. Exactly. Right. In real New York, not so much. No, and because you're not even looking up. Yeah. I know from when I visit New York, you keep your head down, you get to where you have to go and don't make eye contact because somebody's gonna try and sell you something. Yeah, and I, and all I can think is, man, it, everything smells like pee all the time. What's going on? <laughs> well, we're watching that. And I said to the family, you know what? I wish I had that. I wish I had friends that could do the drop in or, you know, you know, you can call up and, and do something with at the drop of a hat. Um, and, I, you know, we, you have friends and I think you, you'll get this. I got all philosophical and I was like, you know, the friends when you have typical friends. A lot of the time it's going. OK, so here's what's new with me. I'm telling you about me and hopefully somewhere in there you connect on a TV show or music and now you have a thing to bond over. Right. Right. And that's basically what a friendship is. It's them telling you about them and you, you know, or back and forth, hoping to find something. And along the way, hoping you're not getting too aggravated with their little goofiness. <laughs> well, I said, I wish I had that. Cause I, you know, like I, I have a buddy across the street, but he's got three kids and his wife works all the time. So he's got to watch them. So he's not available. And when we do catch up, it's catching up. It's a lot of, here's what's new with me. Right. You know, and then you go, okay, we got to go. And then that's it. But Dana Gould pointed out something that he always says his people, like when you find your people, yeah, it's, it's, magical because you you cut through all that crap you can you, you don't have to do the interview part anymore there's an understanding and you can go forward you know what i mean yes yeah, finding your tribe thank you and i have that with you with nate uh, here's the problem you're in california <laughs> he's he's two hours away yeah, pop-ins are problematic exactly yeah. But I I, it, I was relieved and happy to say, no, I got my people. I got, you know, someone who understands the, the greatness of a superpowers action figure. And right. we can get into deep conversation. Our first conversation, I was like, him, this guy. <laughs> Love him, don't want him to be in California. The greedy side of me wishes, like, can he just move next door? That'd be, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I, I try not to be a pest because, yeah, on I, on the greedy side, I'd love to do this with you all the time. But one, you're working. Two, you're vacationing. So I kind of, I watch your Facebook and I go, <laughs> now? Should I bug them now? Because I know we're never at a loss for conversation. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Which is why this is, I just went live and we're going to go, okay, here we go. We don't know how long this is going to we don't care, you know. My Fridays, yeah, and and which is wonderful. And I I just wanted to mention to you how much I love that we were on the same. Like, I need to text him exactly, exactly, right? Because I do, I do feel that that feeling of no, too much time. We have too much to catch up on. It's time for a deep nerd chat. Yeah, yeah, and 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 
not everybody would get that because a lot of times you're saying stuff to people and they're going, oh, that's nice for you. You know, they, they don't quite get yeah. it. They're not, you know, okay. So it's it's nice when you find your tribe. Absolutely. Can I kick things off with a quick Black Friday story? Please do. So it's last night. Um, waking up from the turkey coma. Mm-hmm. And I'm ready because it's 8.45 p.m. Pacific time, which means it's 11.45 on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And at midnight, the Lego Avengers Tower goes up for sale. Have <laughs> you seen this thing? Um, I feel like I did when they were prototyping it or when they were it's like Look, so, what's it's so big you can park a quinjet mm-hmm. on the on the accurate landing pad at the top of the tower That's it's amazing. got the, all this it opens up all the scenes from all the movies it comes with a robert redford figure get out of here really from the end of endgame yes wow so i'm like all right i gotta have this thing so i'm on the lego site at like 11 50 just no, I've, I've 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 done the Comic Con thing. I know my refresh my my refresh muscle. Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden at eleven fifty eight, it kicks me out into a queue. So I'm like, oh, this is not good. And I thought the price ticket, the price tag on this thing is, it's significant. Sure. I thought that might be enough of a barrier I could slip it and get this thing before it sells out. Right. No, no. So it kicks me out. I'm frantically trying to get back in. Get back in at uh, at. Uh, 12.08 Eastern time, get it, put it in my cart, hit the button. Oh, there was an error. You have to try again. Oh. All right. Go back. Site crashes. Oh. People crash the site trying to get this thing. And now the next 20 minutes, it's just nothing, 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 nothing. It's All, all I get is a blank screen. And I'm thinking, all right, because I'm going to get this thing on like March now. And then I wait, wait a minute, because in my in my secret identity, then when I'm not doing all the nerd stuff, I I'm I'm in advertising, so I know a bit of the back end of stuff. And I thought, wait a minute, all of our clients have the server for their websites, and then the mobile server is different. Mm. I can buy this on my phone. <laughs> Grab my phone. Five minutes later, Avengers Tower. Oh, good. I'm in the house. They nail you for it. I'm sorry. Did they nail you for it? For which? The price. Oh, it's it's pricey. I'm, I'm not saying it's not pricey. Well, it's Lego, so you know you get <laughs> yeah, a small, Lego. small Lego is pricey. Imagine what a five thousand piece. Segment. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. I. Wow. I mean, it comes with like 30, 30 minifigures. It's ridiculous. And it should. Yeah. Exactly. For that, there's, wow. You get a Kevin Feige minifigure. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Kevin Feige. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it, it kills me too because who doesn't love Lego? Yeah. And this is before they licensed good stuff. Yeah. Like I was a kid and you always see commercials for Lego and, and I, one Christmas I said, you know, I I'd like a Lego set. So <clears throat> my parents got me a police station. Look, I'm gonna do Legos. Woo! And I'm, you know, I spent Christmas Day on the floor putting that sucker together. My friend came over. He's like, all right, yeah, come here, help me. And it was fun, and we put it together, and then you gotta put it somewhere. 
Yeah, that trust me, that is the problem with Lego. And I go, okay. And also, by the way, it's gonna fall apart real easy if somebody bumps it or whatever. You know, be careful. So we take it up and we put it in my room. When I remember, it was next to my bed under the window, where I could look at it. Isn't that nice? And you know, once you're done with Lego, you've done your Lego. Now it's just a matter of maintaining it. Yes. Well, I come home from school a couple days later. Where's my Legos? Oh, no. My mother goes, oh, I cleaned your room. It's over there. Because what my mother would do, and to one degree I appreciate it because she's very always been very thorough at cleaning and dusting. And, you know, she was that housewife who everything has to be spotless. Right. The bad side is, and this cr- makes me cringe the rest of my life, she doesn't treat my stuff well. <laughs> so my original comics, she would stack on top of or under everything else. So when the pile would shift, it would pull away from the staples. Yes. Oh. Ah, 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 ah. Yeah. ah, I just bought, not to sidetrack, but I just bought, because I couldn't find it digitally, Marvel team-up with Daredevil and Spider-Man 123 because it was my first introduction to Daredevil. And it was very important to me. Well, I spent some money to get it. Yeah. And because my mother with the cover and, the, yeah. you know, and I'm sure I have the, the original one packed up somewhere in the attic, which I'm trying to go through all my boxes. Uh, it'd be yeah, those, those important key books and not key books for the rest of the world, but key books from your childhood. Yeah. That's what my partner at Blast Off used to call Power Totem. You want that because it's yours and it means something to you and you got to have it. Yeah. And, I mean, I I have no compunctions about rebuying stuff like that because that that that's a key issue for me. And I can get a nice, glossy new copy of it. Oh, absolutely. I'll do it. Sure. Yeah. And, and well, I try to get them digitally. So, you know, that way nobody's going to wreck them. Yeah. You know, but in this case, I'm like, until it Marvel finally puts it on comicology, I don't know why they skip from like, 120 to 128. All those. I don't think anybody knows what or has a plan for comicsology for for digital stuff for Marvel. Right? Yeah. So I'm like, okay, mom, where's the Legos? What'd you do with them? Oh, they're over there. Well, she piled crap on them and the thing's falling apart and all the Legos are everywhere. Like, oh, oh. Like, I use the box as the base to be, because they give you, like, you know, the, the platform. But the box will contain it because I understand the little Legos are going to fall off. I'm like 10, but I understand this already. I know how easy things are going to get lost. Yeah. And if a dog gets it, you know. The one I had as a kid was the Lego moon base. Okay. You you got one big gray uh, base plate, but it had a crater on the side. So you knew that one came from the moon set. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think that Lego moon set came with every house in the seventies. You know? <laughs> sure it did. Yeah. Great too. That's typically your starter right there. Yeah. Well, mine came with um, a little motorcycle and I think a cop car. Yeah. Nice. And maybe, maybe two guys, I think one for the motorcycle and for the cop car. But um, yeah. So I was like, it's falling apart. Like I used to have big arguments with my mother and she never got it. Like, I'm like, you, you cannot treat my stuff like crap. As a matter of fact, a whole bunch of stuff in the attic, I know 
are, is she got rid of on me. Didn't think I'd notice. Oh, he'll never notice. It's gone. <laughs> I, I'm laying in bed at night going, oh. So, like you said, if I ever see certain things again, yeah, I'm. I have to. I have to buy. Again, I'm 48. What I don't need these toys, but again, totem. Uh, I have to rebuy Jabba the Hutt. Uh, the the when you do with the classic Kenner. Yes. Yeah. Because I came home one day, and my Jabba the Hutt was under that window. I went. She goes, "Yeah, I cleaned your room." Okay, great. I think I put everything back right. All right, where's Jabba? Jabba had the platform that he sat that on. That was a big set. And it opened up in the yeah. Sarlacc pit, but the pit was there, yeah. Marine Corps. And, you know, all you could do is lay the guy sideways. It wasn't a pit. It was just open up, trap door. He lays there, then comes back. In. Yeah. And because it's funny because the box, the box included as a feature, drop figures into the pit. It's like, what, what are you going to make Jabba move? Who's having that conversation with him? Right. Like no, he's he's sitting on top of it. Yeah, and much then how many times can he a much more unpleasant prison cell? Yeah, if, if like, oh man, he's got gas. <laughs> I'd rather be with a rancor. Thank you. And 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 the you know how many times can I have poor Luke keep falling into this pit? He looks like an idiot. Yes. So, <laughs> but um, I, I'm like, where's where's Jabba? Oh, I got rid of him. I didn't think he played with him anymore. Oh, oh, so someday I will find it's so funny. There was near my house, there was a used, like, I, I don't call it antique, but basically a clutter store. And in the window, they had a job of the hut. And it was when they reissued them, like, you yeah. know, 10 years ago or whatever, maybe more 20. Um, so I could see the difference in the paint job, but. I'd still get them because it's the same figure, yeah. essentially. And my son and I, Mikey, were walking by, and I go, oh, they have a job of the hut right there in the window. They're not open. I'll have to come back when they're open. So every day driving home, I look. Store's never open. Well, now it's gone because the guy never bothered to open it. Like, yeah. he had a store. Yeah. Landlord said, you're going to pay the rent, probably? And he went, uh, like, you haven't been open. No. That's the sad thing of a lot of small-town toy comic shops is that, you know, that Every time I want to go in there, they're closed. Like, well, I'm trying to give you money. Right. right. Hasbro doesn't do a lot with the classic three three quarter scale Star Wars figures anymore, but they still right. they still do some stuff. And when they do stuff, they go big. This year they put out uh Jabba's throne room from from the yes. Boba Fett. Yes, what they wisely did is in the front, there's a, the section where Boba Fett's throne is. You can take that out and put in your Jabba the Hut. Oh, really? It, it's really well done. That's smart. Yeah. I was thrilled to see it. Yeah, it's sitting over here. I have not opened it up yet because, again, it's going to be huge, and I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't figured out quite where to land it yet. Yeah, yeah. But Hasbro goes crazy. When Hasbro does do a vintage-style Star Wars thing, they go crazy with it. Like, if you, I don't know if you've seen this. They did Mando's oh. new ship. The, wow. This thing is That's crazy. the newer one. Crazy detailed. Yeah, and yeah. The hatch opens up. You can stow all his stuff in the back. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I, I respect that when they do decide to do stock classic things, they really, really focus up on it. Well, as you know, because I keep you in the loop, <laughs> I gave in to, well, I thought it was logical 
to not get toys, even though I think they're great. And you try, you try to resist. I'm 48. You know, I'm not playing with toys anymore. But <clears throat> what happened was I, I, I watch, uh, it's called um, Serpentor's Lair. It's on, it's on uh, Twitter. It's, it's their handle, Serpentor's Lair. And they basically just repost classic G.I. Joe. Yeah. And then they'll put them out in the, in the like, it looks like they're actually trudging through a, a creek. But, you know, it's only a stream that they put the guy. Yeah. In. You know, but it's great for your imagination. And I went through this whole, I think we probably talked about it in the past, that whole, oh, I missed that. I love G.I. Joe. Oh, they were great. And, you know, you had so many guys you can get. And they always had new vehicles. And, oh, it was such a great toy line. Other than superpowers, I think G.I. Joe was my next favorite. Granted, yep. I got Transformers and He-Man and blah, blah, blah. But G.I. Joe really paid off. Yeah, even more, more so than Star Wars, G.I. Joe leaned into the vehicles in such a crazy way. Right. Where every year they do, there would be, you know, maybe like a half a dozen to a dozen new vehicles, which is nuts for a toy line. Mm -hmm. now, knowing what I know now about production and tooling, what they were spending to make it happen means sales must have been insanely good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You, you don't do something as risky as an aircraft carrier. If you're not confident, people are going to come by it. Well, and that's the thing, too. That's one of the things that they constantly post. They're like, um, hey, who here, whose parents love them enough to give them this? And they would show that. Yeah. And, and you're just like, yeah, that's a lot of money. And mm, no, I, the greedy side of you wants it, but the practical side goes, where am I going to put it? You know what I mean? Like, it's, that's that's a person size. You want to have a person well, laying in your living I mean, room? I didn't get one, not because my parents didn't want to spend the money. It's because my mom refused to get something that big in the house. Right. I mean, right. I, I had to do a separate plea bargain deal with my dad to get my AT-ATs. <laughs> <laughs> well, the AT-AT I get. And see, yeah. and for me, think about that. A lot of it is just for the plane to land. Yeah. The stuff in the back for, to play with where the guy goes up and down the steps, it's you not know, really honestly. That as as a place that the USS flag is kind of underwhelming once you actually look at it, because it is, it is, the, it's the it's it's the wow factor of that size where you can park two sky strikers on it. But in terms of what it brings to the table, because guess what, it's a table. Right. It's not that much. It we'll really is. The Cobra Terror Drone. Have it. That me too. That <laughs> that thing is amazing because you get it's 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 like. Double levels. You get the whole control level up top. Down below, that you gas up your jeeps in it. So every space is usable. And then that cone, Iris is out like a Bond villain, and the jet <laughs> <laughs> And you get another guy, the Viper. Yeah. The you, you, know. you, you get the, the Firebat pilot. Yeah, and he looked cool. And I love the fact that the wings were closed, and then as you take off, they open. You could have them open. That, that that pterodrome is amazing. That was great. And the other thing, I wanted to get a, a um, the good guys sort of um, hideout. The the, well, the first one, the the one where you had the the, the where you parked the vamp or which one? All no, I didn't have that one. The pit, I guess it's supposed to be, yeah. but I didn't get that one. Um, I'm kind of glad I didn't. I mean, there's part of me that would go, oh, it, it is the official yeah, I, I like that one for nostalgia's sake but as a headquarters it was a little lacking you know which one i got the mobile one 
a big brown thing. The one, looks like, the one that looks like a toolbox with treads? Yes. That thing's amazing. I know, because it, it opens up to three levels. Yeah. I, I, never, I never even saw that as a kid. The first time I saw that was on a YouTube video. Right. And I was like, how did I miss that? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw it, and I'm like, I want that, because I could tell it's quality, and I could do a lot with it. And, you know, look, it's just a vehicle. Get it, please. And so, you know, I... I did well. My first vehicle from GI Joe, as much as I wanted the Jeep and the motorcycle, which I really, really did, yeah. because you could hop anybody on a motorcycle or yeah. a Jeep. I got the tank, Mobat the green Mobat. tank, and that son of a bee could crawl over just about it. I spent so many hours setting up guys to have them get run over. Yeah, the you biggest, know. the biggest Joe vehicle I got as a kid was the uh, the killer whale, the hovercraft. I wanted that because oh, of that, that thing that shot out from the bottom. It's just out of the front. There's like tons of room for troops. And it had like the you know, the great pilot wearing like a baseball hat and an orange orange vest. Yeah, yeah. cutter. It, it's so it's very well done. Well, I also got the Wild Bill in his helicopter. Oh, the Dragonfly. Dragonfly. And the little <laughs> button on the <laughs> side to make the thing go. These are great toys. Have you, have you seen their have you seen the remake of the dragonfly i have i yeah. have well and, uh, this, this is for that, no, the new classified line which is six inch so i know it's like twice as big i saw it at the uh the the most recent prototype at comic-con it's enormous and it looks amazing and i love 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 that they're making them because here's where i was going with this <clears throat> as much as i see those clips and the pictures and blah, 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 blah. And they show the old classic commercials. Yes. So I get that feeling of, oh, I remember that. Oh, I want that. And, you know, you ever, you ever notice that the kids in these commercials don't play with them like real kids? No, of course not. But yet the way that they do it, it makes you envious because they're like, yeah. oh, Joe, and he comes down and he'll like skid sideways and have him hop off. And, yeah. and you know, when I'm, I remember being a kid and going, this isn't how we play. These guys are like being instructed to do it a certain <laughs> way. But it worked because I wanted it so bad. So I'm I'm thinking, you know, maybe someday I'll go up into the attic, get my GI Joes, and start putting a new O-ring on them. I don't know. Well, God bless them. They start coming out with the six-inch figures. Yeah, it makes the originals look like crap. It's a great line, but but at the same time, and it, as it's gone on, it's gotten more and more so. Every line gets more faithful to the originals. The very first batch were a bit too sci-fi. Now they're packing as much like vintage style on these things, which is great. Yeah, because, because I was talking to my buddy Nick Nero, who used to—he actually was the one who got me to do this podcast. Um, he is a big toy guy too, and he's like, "Yeah, I showed him what I got," and he's like, "Yeah, I'll I'll wait for Duke when it doesn't have the metal shins on it," and da 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 da. And I'm like. Okay, well, if they get there, great. In the meantime, I'm getting Tiger Force Duke yeah. because he's got the green jacket. And, you know, that way when they yeah. do come out with, which they are, yeah, classic animated Duke at six inch, because they yeah. also do a seven inch, which I think is too big. Um, then it, it'll, I can at least have both type of Duke. Yeah. Um, but what happened for me was, I'm con this is what being an adult is resisting the urge to buy everything that you want because i want a lot when i see like even funko's 
you know, I don't get the villain. All I'm hearing is pops and whistles. I don't understand that at all. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. Well, see, you understand. You start saying that, and all of a sudden I heard Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> well, okay, but here's here's my mentality of what I'm trying. Because, again, I'd be broke. I have to be resistant. And what happened was I'm sitting in my chair, and I look, and they have He-Man, the standing up straight He-Man. With the sword that can be held. Okay, you, you'll get this. As much as I love my He-Man figures, that squatting pose where yeah. nothing bends, yeah. and you can only do this, and their legs never straighten, drove me nuts. And I swore to myself, if I ever got a good He-Man... Oh, and the other thing was, in the animated series, they always had him, shing! Yeah. He, had the, he had the thing in the back. To, to pull out the sword. He had a, a holder. Yeah. If they ever come out with something like that, I am freaking getting it. Well, I'm looking at my phone and Target had it for like $10. And this guy's bigger than six inch because he's He-Man. So I think, all right, that, that'll that work. But for 10 bucks, I'd be a fool not to get him. So I check with, with my wife, Cindy, can I get this? Yep. <laughs> okay. And I do. Well, now that unravels my you know what you know what i also really really always want certain gi joes that i know are out right now that are six inch and they they're excellent because they have the holder for the gun and a knife and a there's almost a hundred of those gi joes out now believe it or not and I, I think with only one or two exceptions they can all carry all their gear on the figure yes yes That's I, I so love the commitment to that level of nerdiness by those designers. It's great. Right? I love it. This is this is what I dreamed of because as a kid, you go, all right, here's Hawk. He has a gun on, on his hip, but you can't use it because yeah. it's part yes. of the mold. Well, a mold. A molded pistol is the worst that an action figure. I know. I know. The, the Mego Buck Rogers line when I was a kid. All the guns were like glued in the holsters. Oh, God. That's, see, that's brutal. Although, so I mean, to be fair, on Buck Rogers – as a kid, he never picked up a gun. He would he would knock a guy out and then run down the corridor and leave the guy's gun behind. Take the gun! And then my parents were yelling at Buck Rogers to take the gun. No, no. I'll do more karate around the corner. <laughs> well, it was the, what, 70s, early 80s. Yeah. So, you know. But yeah, that, that Joe line is 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 amazing. I've got the, I've got the hiss coming probably this this month. Well, I, I love that, that, that design on the hiss. And this thing is incredible. Well, I went, you know what? All right. I'm going to allow myself to get certain figures. As cool as so many of the bad guys are, I'm not going to get the bad guys because I, I'm not going to play with them. You understand why we get toys. When you are when you become an adult, it's not that you don't want to play with them. It's just that playing with action figures isn't enough anymore, which, <laughs> which is why you and I write yeah. Because to go pew, 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 doesn't doesn't do enough. You want to craft a story. You want it to last. You don't want to just go, okay, and put them down and you forgot and it's out of sight, out of mind. You want something that lasts. So now you, you switch to writing. Well, at the same time, you love holding the physical embodiment of a character that you love. Yeah. It's, it's inspiring for your creativity. And you just can admire the craftsmanship too. Yeah, and me having having uh, dipped my toes in the production side of things, working with Toy Nami for so many years, I love just the, the physicalness of like you know 
of admiring a really well done figure and how they're handling the articulation and how they're mm -hmm. handling the accessories and how much better sculpts are and paints. And I can't believe you're not buying any of the Cobra figures. I couldn't do GI Joe and now the Cobras were the best, the best designs. I'm fighting it. I'm I hey I never got a steel faced or a hooded Cobra Commander. I had to do the battle armor when I finally found them. Oh, the worst of the three. <laughs> yeah, but it was still a Cobra. Okay. Actually, Cobra not, no, no, it's not the worst. It might be the third best because the yeah, worst fair, was the fair, one that fair, came fair. after it. Fair point. Fair point. Oh. But okay, so now I always wanted Snake Eyes. Of course, I had to go with my favorites. And there's different. There's like five different versions of Snake Eyes. Yeah. I got the best one. I got the one that comes with Timber where he's got the baggier pants. They're a dark green pants. Yeah. He's got the sword. He's got many guns. He's got knives. Uh, and he's got the scarf. He's yeah, got... It's more the visor and not the, the goggles. visor is key. That is key. You got to do yeah. the visor over the goggles. However, to, to be fair, the six-inch you know, ones from the original with the goggles... It's still amazing looking because they do one where his top looks like a sweater. Yeah. Like that military sweater where it has the, the grip there. And you can actually see the lines mm -hmm. of the sweater. Yeah. That's that's a beautiful. Then they have one that's more, you know, smooth, tighter to his skin. That's also cool. But again, if you're going to get one, I got the one that had, I didn't buy timber. I got it used, which is why I got it cheap. I don't need timber. I love timber, but. Again, what am I going to do with them? He's going to take up room on my shelf. Yeah. But give me that Snake Eyes. That is the perfect Snake Eyes. And then I got, uh, I had to get Duke. And then I was like, do I get Yellow Shirt Duke or Tiger Force? Because Tiger Force has a green shirt, which is very military and close to like a Jack O'Neill kind of yeah. look. I got to have that yellow shirt. Uh, well, I'm glad I waited it for me. I'm glad I waited because they're yeah. coming out with the good yeah. animated. So that, I'm getting that guy when he comes out. So I decided I'll get the green one for now because it's cheap. And, you know, if that's the one that would come with the Tiger motorcycle. Right. I didn't get the motorcycle because I got it used. Thus the low price. Yeah. And one of my favorites that I had to get, and it's a such an excellent figure, Outback. Outback. I always loved because he's the outdoorsman. He's wearing yeah. a T-shirt. He's got the backpack. He's very grounded, you know, and I went with the Tiger Force one because the shirt, instead of being white and saying survival, yeah, which always bothered me because – <laughs> Right. And and it's a white shirt. Yeah. Um, like, look at the shipwreck figure wore a shirt that said boat on it. <laughs> yeah. Like 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 a white shirt, you're you're a military man. I yeah. know I'm not a military man and I can't wear white t-shirts because they'll become yellow stained t-shirts yeah. in a half hour. So I got the Tiger Force one, which is an orange shirt with a tiger on it. Yes. Like tiger head, and they gave him gray hair. Yeah, no, he look, he looks more haggard. I love it. Because yeah, you're an outdoorsman. You shouldn't be Oh, this is no no. I prefer prefer to be in the woods. Okay, like that. No, that that outback has seen some things. <laughs> exactly, and his gun is taped. Yeah, yeah. Like handle. So I got him, and I have him like this, holding the knife that way, and using it to hold the gun. Yeah. At the moment, like I pose them, yeah. you know, in my room. So I got. Let's see. I got those guys. 
And I thought, okay, that's good for now. Well, then I made the mistake a couple months ago, maybe a month ago, of going to Ollie's. That's a, that's an East Coast discount chain, right? Yeah. Yeah. So picture it where you are, whatever it's called, that you're getting something. You're getting something whether you wanted it or not. Yeah. Because I'm walking around and I, they have the great Marvel action figures and I got the white um, – the white uh, um, vision. Oh yeah, right. I got I got vision. I got Han Solo from the what was the the last one he was in? The older Han Solo. The Force Awakens. Yeah, Force Awakens. I got that action figure because I already bought. You already know this. I got four Indiana Jones six inch figures because I've waited my entire life for that. That line's great. Oh, isn't it? My son got. Um, I let him instead of me buying it too. He got the one with the tie. Yeah, from Last Crusade. Yeah. Well, I love them and I'm thrilled. Well, I thought I'll get I'll get Han in the leather jacket because he stands right next to Indy. Yeah. You know, and it looks great. So, I thought, okay, I I got Han, I got Vision. I was gonna get another one, but I went, no, you know what? That's enough. Wait a minute. And the guy's walking by. He's like, excuse me. Do you have G.I. Joe? He goes, he looks around. <clears throat> Back aisle, middle <laughs> display, hidden behind the boxes. Like as though it's some trade secret. Yeah. Like, oh, I like that the way you lean in. Would you like to buy an O? <laughs> <laughs> Opening the coat. Yeah. And, and and so, nice reference, by the way. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> not everybody's going to get that. But, um, I all right, so I'm searching around and they had Lego G.I. Joe. You can get like a copter or something. Yeah. I can get it. But I'm like, all right, I just want to see what they have because people on Twitter are posting, look what I, I can't believe they have Chuckles at, yeah. you know, whatever. And Chuckles is another one that I'm resisting getting, but he's I always loved him because he's so grounded. Like around by the time Chuckles came out, G.I. Joe the designs of the figures were aggravating because they weren't military anymore. Yeah. They would go sci-fi. And we're like, leaving much more in sci-fi, which was more my bread and butter. So there, there's a sweet spot between that, the first, which were more conventional military, mm -hmm. and, and where it just got crazy when he had like Cobra Law with dudes who were like half snake. Right. But the, right. Mid, the middle sweet spot where you get Serpentor. And he's Serpentor. Right, he's right I, I got a Serpentor at the time. He's riding on that big snake sky sled. Oh, come on. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Huh? And, and, and you had lots of Destro and lots of Baroness. And you, you had Dr. Mindbender with a big old mm -hmm. monocle. Had so him. That's my my, my joke. Right. Me too. I, I mean, up until then, it was great. But at one point, they didn't even try to make a military anymore. They're like, look, it's a slime. It, he plays in slime. Or, you know, he's wearing a, a neon space outfit and they they tried to do that kind of line yeah their star brigade was terrible and there's, yep. there's one that was like they're all, they're all anti-toxic waste guys and they're all like glow in the dark and then yeah no and poor larry hama had to write the comic book and he, <laughs> and he was told you have to do these stories with these figures yeah. and like they made flint be one of those glowy guys and like yeah. no just stop like yeah. you, you de you're destroying classic characters but Within that, they would give you the occasional good guy. Yeah. Well, okay, so 
I'm looking at around and I see they have Lady Jane, who I had to resist because she's an excellent character. You could have her with the hat, yeah. you can have her without the hat, you can have her with the throwing spears. Oh, oh. The whole I mean, I oh, I stood there for 15 minutes staring. And there are only like five women in the whole line. Right, right. Well, now they're doing more. There's actually not that I necessarily know who they are, like there's Helix. Helix, they just added Helix. Let's see, Helix and Shooter to me both count because they're both Larry Hama characters. Right, exactly. They're exactly. From, from new comics, but if it's from Larry Hama, then they count. I agreed, a hundred percent. So I look, and who do they have? Stalker. Oh yeah. Now, <laughs> I hadn't planned on getting Stalker, but I remember being a boy. And when I had gotten a lot of the original figures when they came out with like the original seven, I had Stalker was one of my first Snake Eyes, um, you know the random guys that not Breaker because he came with the um, car, but like all the green suited clutch, clutch came with the car. Oh, it was a Clutch? I'm sorry. Yeah. Because, because Breaker looked just like Clutch. It was almost. Okay, I did get Breaker. Breaker yeah. was the very first guy I had. He had the brown beard. Yeah. That's why I get them confused. So Breaker was the very first G.I. Joe I ever opened. Yeah, he was a communications guy. He had like yep. a backpack. The thing with the... Yes. Well, <clears throat> I also... Stalker was one that I had. And remember, the arms didn't swivel yet. Yeah, it didn't, didn't have a swivel arm. I had brought him over... Now, this is years later. This is back... I don't know. I could have been in seventh grade. And I <clears throat> went over a, a classmate's house because we were talking about G.I. Joe, and he goes, oh, yeah, I can bring him over. Let's take a look. So one of the guys I bring over is Stalker, and he goes, hmm, I'll trade you Stalker for Visor version 2 Snake Eyes and Timber. How do I ever say no to that? No, that's, that's I, I, I was about to say it's a bad call, but that that's that's a, pre that's a pretty good trade. It's a great call for me because I made out like a bandit. I got my favorite figure and his wolf sidekick, <laughs> you know, the best version of Snake Eyes ever. Yeah. I got him now. And I, what, I had to give away Stalker? Okay. Yeah. There you go. Next day in school, I said, oh, how's that Stalker treating you? Great. I put him out on the street and had somebody drive over him. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh that hurts. So it hurts. Now. I know it wasn't my figure anymore. I know, blah, blah, blah. But it's still, you did that to a G.I. Joe. And by the way, it was my G.I. Joe. So that had haunted me all <laughs> these years. So when I saw Stalker for $8, I say, there's no way I was not getting Stalker. I love the notion, by the way, of you being haunted by the ghost of Stalker past all these years. Yeah, I, I just picture him. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> You know, so I, I've resurrected Stalker. <laughs> so <laughs> I put on my Christmas list um, Spirit, because Spirit is always a fan yeah, favorite. got the eagle. Got to have the eagle. And the eagle's cool. But, I mean, just the fact that he's got the, the different blades. He's got mm -hmm. the, the, the Bowie knife. I'm like, yeah, he's a great figure. I'll put it, I won't get him now. I'll put him on my list and see if Santa brings him. And then they start releasing... Oh, the next wave that they're coming out with, Hawk. Yeah. I love Hawk. Duke is the leader to me. Always and and Hawk. Yeah. And and that is their ranking too. But 
you know, they're they're the guys that I always had call the shots. Yeah. And I always loved ow. I always loved uh Hawk with the the bomber jacket. Bomber jacket. I'm yeah. a sucker for you know, I'm a sucker for good jackets. Well, I'm getting them. I, I pre-ordered them and I also pre-ordered uh I don't I think he was available for me to pre-order. Um another favorite that I've always loved, and I hate that Larry Hama kills him. Quick kick. I was the, uh, to me, Quick Kick was always a bit too jokey. I mean, well, in the animated series, they made yeah. him an idiot. Yeah, no, but I mean, once you get a karate guy who's just in a karate outfit, then it's like, well, you then you just put him next to like to um to Spirit and Shipwreck, and you got the village people. Right, <laughs> it's right. Just, it's too over the top. For me, it was it was okay. For me, he was no, no, no. If this guy's gonna commit. To this outfit that means he's got to be pretty gd good <laughs> and then he's you know and plus he was he won against uh storm shadow which is amazing yeah i was like okay because originally remember in the animated series instead of it being um snake eyes fighting him they did this big arc with spirit fighting storm shadow right that was cool but i'm like you're missing the obvious team yeah. up there you go martial art guy against martial art guy and so when they had quick kick fight him, I'm like, yeah, come on. Let's make him legitimate. Don't make him a joke. He's getting called off the bench. Because all the other times they have him, I'm eating a choco bar and, and I'm doing commercials. I'm like, stop. Don't do that. And then I find out that Larry Hama had had him die like off panel. He got blown up. Panel's even worse. Right? Because they're like, no, you just see in the distance, boom, a big explosion. Like when they killed poor Admiral Akbar. Yeah, right. We we oh. lost we lost quick kick. We lost this guy. We lost that guy. When? That explosion right over there. Like, oh. At least I mean, if I recall, I think even at least Doc got a heroic death. Yeah, you actually saw him get shot. Yeah, but he was trying to help somebody. Quick kick, he just got <laughs> Oh, that was, that was a shame. So I'm hoping in this new series he's writing. Or at least in the new um, um, Kirkman thing, we get a good quick kick that sticks around. Yeah, because again, that that's always been like on my shoulder of don't 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 kill my guys. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to me how Hasbro is leaning into vehicles for six answer because I never thought they would. Yeah, and now we're getting the vamp too. I've got I, I just got them on one of those the Cobra pods. Oh yeah, I always wanted that. Yeah, but but the thing I'm I'm dying for to make and. Before I would have said they never would, but I mean, I've got a hiss and a dragonfly coming in the mail, so I it's anything's possible. I want the wow. APC. The what? The armor personnel carrier. Oh sure, because it just holds like twenty four Joes. Yeah, yeah. With, I with, not... one, with one big seatbelt. <laughs> yeah. Hope nobody has to pee. <laughs> we were all getting up. You're gonna put us all in danger just so you can have a little wee. I mean, Hasbro is doing amazing stuff with that, Joe. I'm so amazed and happy, just because they. All right, now technology has caught up to whatever it is that that you guys are are wanting. You know, same thing like movies and TV. Yeah, we always wanted to have superhero, good superhero stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know now the technology is there. Well, it's the same thing with these toys. Yeah. Well, what what Hasbro did with that Indiana Jones line, the six inch Indiana Jones line is fantastic. It, it really and, is. And he gets like a, a Marcus Brody Rene Belloc two pack, which I would have killed for as a kid. You know, I know. 
I know. I, well, I have. Is he over there? No, no. I brought him back upstairs. I had in the Stargate. I had the original three fourth or whatever scale indie with the whip with the yeah with with action. the spring loaded yeah. And I had only seen one Indiana Jones movie when I saw the toy line. They had him like that, obviously the classic look. They had him when he goes into the tomb to get the head or to yeah. use the headpiece. They had Toth. Toth the Nazi. Right. And uh, Belloc with the headdress. Yeah. And there, there's also a German mechanic. Yes, there was, but it wasn't yeah. in the store at the time. So, oh, oh and Marion. They had Marion, you yeah. know. But I'm like, well, I want to get one of these because I think I like Indiana Jones. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> I think I'll get a, the one with the hat. Well, boy, did I make the right call because next yeah. thing you know, I'm like, oh, that is his iconic look. Okay, good. And of course, that was the only time I saw them in the store as a kid. You never saw them afterwards. Oh, they were—they had such a brief window. Right. So, all these years, I've wanted a good Indiana Jones. Here's the problem with the Indiana Jones figures, though: that clasp for the whip does not close. Yeah. That ticks me off. All you had to do—if make a hard hook, just yeah. do a hard hook on the belt. Good enough, but instead they do it where you can't quite push the thing. Yeah. Into the I've I've bought because they they they've made like five different indies in this new line. Yes, out of, out of the five, two hook really solidly, and three years what you're talking about. So it, it's 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 you're you're kind of like up to the whims of production on that. Right, right, right. Well, in the in the last one that they came out with the from uh, Last Crusade, they make his hat shift. Yeah, so you can either have it be here or more relaxed like right. he's resting or whatever right great i yeah. mean people laugh people were making videos of how stupid are they for doing what's the big deal how about you shut up and appreciate that they're making it i know like like but, these yeah. videos of these hate videos you're not doing anything better shut your mouth yeah try and be part of the 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 resolution if you don't like it send a suggestion yeah. Don't do a hate video because guess what? They could go. All right, nobody likes these. We're done. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't understand that at all. And that that kind of gets the larger things that we were going to talk about today was the just. I don't see the time in putting on a video saying how much you hate a Marvel movie. Thank you. Good segue. What's the point? I mean, if it's not for you, cool. Guess what? There are tons of movies that aren't for me. Agreed. You know what I do? I don't go. Right. 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 I don't sit at home and like and like spew venom in the into into my phone and post it on the internet. Right. You, you lean into what you enjoy. Don't waste time on hate. Well, perfectly said. I, I I that's why I wanted to title this one. Can we just freaking enjoy a Marvel movie again? Like, can we be thankful for what we have? Granted, that's not to say you have to accept everything blindly. But at least be appreciative that even if it's not the best thing you've ever seen, be thankful it's there. I know. Because we didn't have this before. I just, I just want to take some of these guys like, you don't understand the desert we were in for decades. Never right. get any of this stuff. And if you got anything with their name on it, you'd go, oh, that's embarrassing. That wasn't done well. Yeah. Did you get a, the Punisher movie with Dolph Lundgren where he doesn't wear a skull? Doesn't wear a skull. <laughs> that's what you get. Or even the one with uh, what's his face, with John Travolta as the bad guy. Yeah, they take from Welcome Home Frank a lot of that story, but yeah. the origin of 
the Punisher, he's in Florida with the family reunion, and you wipe out aunts and uncles and cousins. What? Who? What did you do that for? I will say, the next one, War Journal was great. great. War, War, War so good. Yeah, it was so. I'm like, there you go. I know they didn't put any sort of um, push behind it, which that's, is that's, a shame. That's a great Punisher movie, and Ray Stevenson, man, he was so good in that. Right, and you got a good jigsaw. Yeah, yes. Like, my wife and I laugh because as much as we love the Marvel TV shows, <laughs> the jigsaw that they use for season one and season two of The Punisher, yeah, he's, he, you know, <clears throat> if you're going to have The Punisher drag his face across glass <laughs> to create the jigsaw character, he still shouldn't be ruggedly handsome with just a couple character scars no, no. to say, oh, I'm so hideous. I'm look at my lavish hair. We'd laugh because the same guy is doing the T-Mobile the commercials or whatever. And you're, he's like talking about, oh, I'm so stunning. I'm like, you look the same as you did on The Punisher. <laughs> they didn't try to ugly you up. Yeah. You know, so we laugh because we're like, oh, no, I'm hideous. Well, yeah, I mean, I like with with the. I mean, I'm convinced that what we're seeing because it, it it feels like a calculated wave of like anti Marvel stuff, right? And I mean, I, not to get all conspiratorial, but there's that guy who wants back on the Disney board, and the he he has you know the uh, the last thing Iger wants is to get him back on the board, and this guy has has connections to various. Hollywood outlets and the amount of anti-Marvel stories that have been in variety for the like the last month or so. Yeah. It's I mean, and just out of just stories that really have no basis. A movie will make the same amount of money as a Marvel movie, and they'll they'll call it a win at the box office. And then the Marvel story, it's a bomb. Right. And and that's the kind of thing I was like, wait, this is I mean, this is this is not it's not as successful as, as some of the last few Marvel movies, but that doesn't make it garbage. It can't be a, a, a bomb here and a flop here if it's making the same amount of money. Right. Right. Well, that was the point I was making this whole summer <clears throat> is the wave of before the movie even comes out, critics are going to say it's garbage. Therefore, you've already hurt the, the legacy of a movie that hasn't even hit our screens yet. Yeah. They did it with Indiana Jones. They did it with Flash. And they did it with the Marvels. Yeah. We went to all those movies plus more. Anything that's a superhero movie or obviously Indiana Jones because love Indiana Jones. <clears throat> that's worth us getting out of the house, driving further than we need to to go to the movies, spending way too much money to sit in the theater to watch this. Like that, we can't, we don't, it's not, we don't live in the world of, willy-nilly hey let's go to the movies and just pick what we're going to watch when we get there everything is calculated so that it has to be worth it for you to leave and we loved every freaking movie we saw I mean, we were prepared to go uh, we loved everything shazam i'm trying to think of everything obviously guardians of the galaxy anything that came out yeah this year we were like we love it we yeah. we're, we're we love it but what what the studios don't want to admit is that the the decline of 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 uh, Marvel Studio stuff over the last year is not because of an, an over, over an overriding lack of quality or dip. It's because 
they trained audiences to not go to the movie theater by offering everything too quickly and too easily on streaming. Mm -hmm. right. so, why, so when when a movie is expensive and you're hyped for it, you can go or you can wait like six weeks. And earlier during the pandemic, it was less than that or even simultaneous. Yeah. So they, they trained audiences to not go to theaters. And yep. now you can't understand why they haven't come back. Right. Well, that's the thing. They're, they're, uh, Amazon is having a, a debate about for the Stargate franchise. We're, we're long overdue now to hear about a new series. Well, Jennifer Sulky who's the one in charge of Amazon movies is still in that old school mentality of it has to be theater. It has to be theater. Theater means more than TV when it hasn't for the last 20, 30 years, it's either been equal or now TV is better than movies because you get more, you know, and the quality is still as good as a, a theater, the budget, you still have yeah. special effects that are make, there's the new Godzilla show, Love of God. Yeah. Like, okay. So, but she has that mentality of, no, I'm pushing to have a theater release. Well, guess what? And I had this debate um, or conversation with uh, Jay on Sidetrack. He had me on. And I pointed out that you already have an established fan base that are telling you what they want. You're not listening to them. I'm not. I might go to the theater to see a Stargate movie, but now you're asking the general public who were never into it before. Yeah. To, we want you to go to the theater and try and catch up for this one. They're not going to do it. They're going to wait six weeks, catch it casually on streaming. Right. You know, and, and so they're going to go, Oh, the movie bombs. So therefore we won't do anything else with the Stargate franchise. No, you shot yourself in the foot. Now, yep. you, you have yep. to understand the, the way the world works now. Movies don't mean squat. You have to go into it knowing people are just going to wait for TV. The fact that anybody goes to the theater is only, you know why people go to the theater for Marvel movies? To avoid spoilers. That, 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 that's a big part of it. And I also, I mean, and again, I am a little spoiled living where I live because Los Angeles is such a, such a, a movie-centric town that right. here everyone's like, well, theatrical is can't. You have right. to go to the movies, and you have to support. You have to support your theaters, and and this we have the this town is the home of the best theaters in the country as far as the movie experience, where right. it's, you you're getting specifically sold tickets and recliner seats and amazing pictures and sound. So I mean, here I see everything I can in the theaters because sure. I'm not getting that experience anywhere else. Right, but they before I mean before the the pandemic and before they leaned so hard into streaming. You would did you did still see movies make a dent theatrically, but now there's people who have been trained not to do it. Right, right, and 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 on top of it, like I said, the whole idea of oh, this is really the crux of the problem. Mindless people listening to critics who enjoy being negative to sound yeah. like they're the the authority on something, who crap on something before it it's even out like yeah before before it even has a chance to to create a, a, a consensus yeah for the for there even be any agreement about it i mean i i heard people completely dismissing uh the new indiana jones like weeks before right. 
Right. And of course, putting out gigantic videos with awful clickbait titles, why Disney killed Indiana Jones, or just all that kind of, of just nonsense. Yep. And it's, I mean, I make a point never clicking on anything like that stuff, just not to reward the clickbait. Don't feed the trolls. Yep. And I just, I, I just, I guess, it's, I guess that, that is the, the core of it is that negative videos are always going to get more clicks and get your and get your numbers up and get you and, and monetize better. But who has the time for that? Life's and, short. And yeah, and I don't want to feel like crap. I don't want to feel it's I think we talked about this. I said there's so many great shows that are technically great. I'm not going to watch them because you're rooting for bad guys. Yeah. You know, I and I when it's over, I don't want to feel bad about myself. I want right. to be I want to be happy. I want to be inspired. I want to feel like yeah, that was a good hour of my yeah, life. Like, I mean, I'm sure uh, I could be, you could tag me as being like, you know, a Marvel apologist and I'm not. No, I just, I just don't go out there and campaign on the things that didn't work for me. And you also, know, I, the, I, okay, that one, that one didn't work. You know, I, I, I did not like at all Love and Thunder. Okay. The most recent four. Uh, I, uh, there were, there's aspects of it I liked. Um, I thought it leaned way too much into the silly. There were some part, some aspects of it that I thought didn't really, it didn't treat Thor's Thor's character history well. But I didn't go home and just vent about it online and spew venom for an hour on, online. I, I just right. said, hey, maybe the next one's better. Right, exactly. And also, you're thankful that it was even made because yeah. without it, we'd have nothing. Yeah. You know, uh, um, all right. Let me let me give you an example. To use that one for example, uh, for all that I didn't like about Love and Thunder, the fact that at the end you get that Steve Ditko style eternity. Yeah, I never thought I'd see that in a movie. That's amazing. Right. right. And like the opening scene with Thor fighting with the Guardians. That's fantastic stuff. Right. It's fun. So yeah, even well, even. If I don't like, I can usually. There's always one or two things that I never thought I'd get to see on camera, and that's always going to be fun. But here's the thing: with with logical people like you and I, you don't. Besides not taking joy in not loving something, you're still looking to love something, and you can have a intelligent conversation about it. You don't. You're not getting your jollies from saying that you dislike something. Yeah. And there's so many people who I hated it. I don't want it. you know what a piece of crap that was. Like, yeah. You you you're you're what are you doing? You're you're negative. You're not you, you put garbage out into the world today, right there. You just did that. That was your contribution to the world. And and it it's so freaking frustrating to to watch this and i feel like i want to counter every single one and go stop it yeah stop because guess what it could go away right. you know, why is marvel failing marvel you know marvel's garbage is it is it because it could go away like that and then you complain oh they got rid of marvel yeah and also i have no interest in in partisan fandom i'm not a marvel versus dc guy no no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I you know. I, I I'm. I'm not a, a, a Snyder verse or versus Gun guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Make good stuff. I'll like it. Make yeah. bad. Make bad stuff, and I won't. But I don't need to go out there on Twitter and scream at people who disagree with me and prove them wrong because who's because I 
who's got time for that? And there's no joy in it. There's no joy in it. It's not fun. Exactly. Well, and I'm, and by the way, I love being proved wrong on this stuff because right. n- none of the DC Snyder movies works for me. I didn't like Man of Steel. I really didn't right. like right. Man. Right. But then whenever it, and then I I enjoyed the uh, the released Justice League. I think more than most people. But then whenever the you know the gigantic uh, gigantic Snyder version of Justice League hit on on Max, I was very skeptical. Like, oh God, four hours is that? But for one thing, I didn't watch it like a movie. I watched it like a movie. Right. I took an hour at night. That was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. I thought there, I th- I could see what he was doing that made sense. Now where he was going with it, I knew I wouldn't have liked. No, I, hate, I, I hated, hated it. it. Yeah. Hated. But I mean, that's the scene that was cut from from his his Justice League, where you first see Barry Allen, where he save where he's saving um he's saving yes, Iris. Iris. Yeah. That's the only thing in that movie that makes you like Barry Allen, and the yeah. rest of the movie depends on it. Which is why in the in the theatrical cut, Barry Allen is terrible because yeah. you you weren't given a chance to like him. Right, right. He's just and, annoying, and he saves the movie. And same with like like Cyborg. I thought Cyborg was kind of a waste in theatrical. In 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 the Snyder movie, it's he's so much more important, and he gets that big moment at the end that you that otherwise. He's just kind of standing there in in the in the theatrical cut, and so yeah, that movie was good. I really enjoyed it. That movie was like four hours. It's not a movie, but all right, yeah. But yeah. And so I mean, if I if I was just one of these parsing guys where like all Snyderverse things are bad, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gotten to see those moments, which were great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I love that we did get to see it. I yeah. love that people, despite all of what you said, like I would have hated, I don't think he cares about the characters himself. I don't think he, because again, he thinks Superman and Batman kill. And I'm like, you, the the biggest problem with Snyder is I don't think he really understands or believes in the notion of a hero. Right. Right. You know, I I don't, I don't think he believes in like a moral absolute. And he didn't, he didn't respect the, the characters enough. He, He, when you touch these characters, you have to understand you are, handling a legacy that is much bigger than you yeah you, you know uh uh denny o'neill always said you're you're the you know huh you're the caretaker you're the caretaker you're carrying the flame don't snuff it out mm-hmm. you know and i that always stuck with me and i don't think i think snyder wanted to tell a story and happened to use oh these guys but he could have done it with anything and he really should have done it with something other than established characters because in that case you go, okay, what you were going to do, we can accept, but you're not killing Batman. You're not making Superman. Oh, poor me. I have to save people. Well, this is my go-to, my go-to line about it, but I just, I always go back to it because it kills me. Snyder gave us a Superman whose parents taught him not to help people. Right, right, right. That was so stupid. That's that's the only point about Superman that's important is yeah. raised by kindly parents. Well, right right on the radio see. show, raised by kindly parents, and they, it's a it's a Superman whose parents taught him not to care. Yeah, yeah. So now he has to struggle with that his entire life. Am I doing the right thing by saving lives? Yeah, yeah. you idiot. Glenn Ford, I know one thing, and you are here for a reason. Compared to Kevin Costner's. Don't help those people. Get back in the house. As a matter of fact, 
Don't help me. I'm gonna get. Well, no, 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 no. I want. I'm, let let the tornado get me. Right. What? Like, what? And like, you know, no, Dad. I'm 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 super fast. I could come get you. Nobody's gonna see me. Yeah, nobody's gonna see me save you. Oh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, that movie. That movie. Oh man. Also, when you find out what he was gonna do with it, he would have ended the Justice League in three movies. Yeah, there would, those, been, there would have been no DC universe. There's no way you can do a DC universe if you do time jumps to five years later to 25 years later. Because I read what it was going to be. Yeah, it's 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 not good. You can't do. Yeah, and the whole idea, like, let's start off Batman older with white in his hair. Yeah. Done. No. No. Now Ben Affleck did an excellent job, and in it's the funny. Flash, I thought he got better every time he got a chance at it. Yeah, and he, I love that he was in the Flash, and they gave him the black hair. They didn't put any gray in it. I'm like, good, we're fixing that. And in the first ten minutes of the Flash, we got the Justice League we should have gotten. Yeah, honestly, right? I mean, that was exciting. That was fun. They were a team. They were. I was like, there, more of that. Oh, we're not getting more. Of, okay, well, you know, it was still, it was excellent. I was so happy. Flash, Flash got a bum rap. I mean, and I'm saying this as somebody who. I I'm never a fan of that actor. Sure. I don't think he's I don't think he's really good as Barry Allen. Right. Um, right. He's not but, Barry Allen. Yeah. He's not but, even Wally and, West. And there, there were some weird choices made in the Flash. I'm not sure all of a sudden Flash has this Italian mother. I mean, Barry I Allen Barry, Barry Allen is so mayonnaise white. He's like the whitest guy in Kansas. Yep. And all, all of a sudden it's like, "Oh, my little Barry, come to the house and we're making oh, pasta." Yeah, we're going to make it a sauce. It's so weird. It's just so weird out of nowhere. And also, it was funny. I uh, for so I didn't realize that they changed actors on his father. Oh, okay. You know, before it was uh, I forget his. It was the same guy who played Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, he was a good looking dude. Sure. And in, in the Flash, it's the guy from Office Space. Yep. Who's not a bad looking guy, but he's more of an average Joe type guy. Right. And, so, and then we get the movie. I'm like, oh man, what happened? Barry's dad's not looking so good. It's looking kind of rough. His life was hard. Yeah. I got the other. Oh, it's a different actor. Okay, that's that's better. But um, I I thought I thought the Flash was great. I thought I thought Supergirl was really good and fun. Supergirl. In in in, in, in the Flash movie, the new Supergirl. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, because she was a variation. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Because yeah, you established a multiverse. I'll accept whatever you're throwing at me as long right. as it's not our supposed to be our yeah. Supergirl. Yeah, and you know. Keaton getting back in the suit. Oh, oh that was so good. And those fight scenes with 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 uh, with Keaton Batman are some of the most Batman esque fight scenes ever done in any movie. Agreed. But but between the combination of his fighting style and the gimmicks and the rope and everything else, he fought the most like Batman of the comics that we've ever seen. And they use the music uh, scores perfectly. Yeah. He comes down, and you're like, Oh, I got the chills through this whole freaking thing. I love yeah. this so much. And, I'm so happy. And the the the, the big kind of CG thing at the end with all the worlds. Sure. I love that. That was great. Me too. Me I, too. I, I, there was a couple of things I would have changed about it if I had if I had my way, but I got what they were doing. I thought, and everyone likes to really, really complain about the CG in that scene. But I thought that was being done intentionally. Me too. Me too. Being done, made to look like statues and have a, have a falseness to it. Yep. And, you're more of, and I, I, I don't know if it was intentional. It might have been. But one of my favorite ever descriptions of the Flash came from Alan Moore's Swamp Thing run. Okay. 
Well, there's one scene up in a satellite, and he's talking about the, the members of the, of the of the Just League narration, and he def- describes the Flash as a man who lives, a man who runs so fast, his life is an endless gallery of statues. Hmm. Because he's so fast, everyone's always frozen. Yeah, and that's what those CGI scenes look like to me, with with all the different worlds coming in, and I that, and I love that. Me too. See you and I again. You get it. Yeah, Everybody I mean, loves to wait a minute. Wait a minute. This didn't look as great as what I'm used to. Shut up. Yeah. Use a little imagination, and and know that they could have done something different, but they chose this. I I, I would have loved to have seen uh, John Wesley's ship as a flash in that moment, or or maybe give us a give us a Caesar Romero Joker somewhere in that moment. But I mean, as it is, just the fact that I, that you you get like um. Uh, both Adam West and Christopher Reeve and Helen Slater and, and Nicolas Cage in that movie. Yeah, how about that? And what was great was I had to go back and tell everybody why that was significant. People at work were like, yeah, I didn't get, why was he fighting a giant spider? I said, let me send you a little video of Kevin Smith. Yes, yes. And I sent them that link and they are like, oh, okay, it all makes sense now. You know, then they got hooked on Kevin Smith because he's great at storytelling, you know. Yeah. And I'd say that I have to give the Flash the award for the most effective f bomb in a PG thirteen movie ever. I'm trying to remember, it's at the very end when whenever George oh. out of the car. <laughs> Who the f are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, you, you know how that was supposed to end. It was supposed to. It was supposed to be Keaton, and that would be setting up for Keaton's right. Right. That right. Child, exactly. that would have been great. Going to be in Batgirl. Yeah. And they just kind of went, you know, we're not going to have Keaton be the Nick Fury of this now because that yeah. universe is not going to happen. So let's just go with the funny little joke at the end. And, and I did not see that coming at all. And that that absolutely knocked me out. It was hilarious. No, I didn't see it coming either. Or the villain. Like, I'm thinking, why aren't they using Zoom? You got to use Zoom if that's his big bad villain. Yeah. Oh, crap. That's the villain. Yeah. No, that was, that, that was well done. I mean... Yeah, the the biggest problem I had with that movie was just the main actor, and and he was better in this than he was in Justice League. That's what, that was the first thing everybody when we got out of the theater they said, "Wow, I actually liked that Flash." Yeah. Okay, they they actually made him likable right away within the first ten minutes. You're like, okay, good, because you know, comic purists like you and I are going to go. He has to be Barry Allen or Wally West, like. You can't do whatever he was. Like it wasn't either character, but again, that's a you could go. That's the Snyderverse crap where he didn't care about the characters. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So now, I'm the more I'm seeing with the Superman Legacy, I'm having more and more faith. Do you see who they cast as Jimmy Olsen? I I, I saw it, but I don't know the actor. Perfect, perfect choice. It's He's been. He played a younger version of Sean uh, from Psych when they do like a flashback. And he's been in movies and stuff since. Um, We see him occasionally, but he's got the red hair. He's got the freckles. Okay. We're getting Nathan Fillion as Guy Gardner. How about that? Come on. I mean. You you know, and Fillion is such a Green Lantern nerd. You know he's going to get the bowl cut. Oh, sure. You know he's going to make sure he gets the bowl cut. Well, well, he was great in the um, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Oh, good. Finally. Right? It was so yeah. funny. We were laughing. Like, Mikey's sitting next to me laughing. He goes, oh, you got one of those guys, too? Yeah. Uh, uh. No, I'm, I'm not talking about you. 
Well, they just and and the, the casting from Metamorpho. Great. That I mean, he looks like Metamorpho just walking down the street. He's got yeah. the head brow and the ball. I mean, you 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 don't need much. Don't don't do CGI on him. Just give him a little pancake makeup. He's set. He was great as Victor Zaz. I was like, yeah, that's. I'd like oh, to see was, Victor was, Zaz was again. He, was he in Gotham? Yeah. Okay, I just know him from from that the the uh, where he plays the 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 uh, organized crime guy in the Bill Hader TV show. Okay, I hadn't seen. He's it. great in that. He's really yeah. good. Um, and what about the guy who's going to be Mister Terrific? I don't know. Again, I don't know him. So he was in the first uh, first class X Men first class. He's the guy who ends up getting killed. I think. Oh, was he Darwin? Yeah. Oh, I love that guy. Perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm so happy because it seems like we're getting out of, these are the first steps of getting out of the pendulum swinging too far with the PC crap where everybody has to be what they're not just to show that we're all equal kind of thing. Remember, uh, right? uh, Gunn always walks that line. I mean, and he, he did it in Suicide Squad. He did it in Peacemaker where he, he makes sure that, that there are like lots of women in there. And that there's there's black characters and Asian characters and not, right. not not just all white guys, but he doesn't do it in such a way that it feel, that it, that it, it feels artificial, right? And he doesn't do it, and he doesn't do it in such a way that it, that it that it it distracts or harms from like like legacy characters. There it is, and yeah. and we've been dealing with so much of that crap with everything. I'm like, what? I'm all for. I want diversity. I want, but I want equality, and if. It, there's so much casting crap that had happened in the last few years where they're going, no, look how PC we are. We took the character that you love and we made them something not. And you're like, well, that's not for the benefit of the character story or audience. Right. You're doing it because you want to stand on your pedestal and say, look at us. My, 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 my kind of rule on that thing is if there's something in the character's backstory or history that requires a certain ethnicity, sure. then that's got to stay there. Right. If it doesn't, and and the the, the, the changes and no harm, no foul, do then it. Who cares? My, I mean, the the best thing about the Ben Affleck Daredevil, yeah, was Kingpin. That Kingpin was great. Now right. we had no idea knowing that we'd get the best Kingpin ever with the Dafrio a few years later. <laughs> yeah. But but at the time, I was like, well, that's the Kingpin, and the fact that he's. That didn't change a character, and and Duncan did not play the character any differently because of, of any sort of like, like new take on it. That was right. a good one. Agreed, agreed. I mean, and and the fact that like they made Deadshot be Will Smith, I'm like, he's kind of one of those characters that, like you said, he doesn't have to be a white guy. Oh yeah, most of the time he's wearing the mask. You can't see so his who face. Cares? Like yeah, he's he just got to be kind of like a. Uh, a Weasley criminal type, and you know, you know, to a certain degree, Will Smith kind of transcends race. Will Smith is Will Smith. That, right. that, he's basically what if Deadshot was Will Smith? All right, that's what you're getting. Mm-hmm. Just like Will Smith and Aladdin. What if the genie was Will Smith? That's what you're getting. Yeah, but the world kind of went. All right, you're not Robin Williams. You know, like Disney's well, doing uh, all these live action. with that is, I mean, uh, when you try and hear him sing, um. Fred like me, but it's like, ha ha, woo! All right, it's good. <laughs> be good to your mother. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> 
nice. Uh, quick uh, uh, um, side turn. Of all of those Disney re animated remakes, most yeah. of them I think are terrible. Sure. And not and again, not because not out of any like, oh, you can't ever have new actors. No, no, no. They just they're just not good product. Right. The one that was surprisingly good, I thought, was Dumbo. Didn't see Dumbo. Check it out. Because right. Dumbo as a movie is barely like 60 minutes, the original. Okay. Sure. So you gotta add something to it. So, like the first kind of hour of the movie, it's a period piece, which is great. The first hour of the movie basically tells you the story that you get in the animated original. But then in the second half, Michael Keaton comes in as evil Walt Disney and buys up Dumbo to star in his new evil Walt Disney theme park. Mm. It's great. Yeah. It's really well done. And you got you got your it's a, it's Tim Burton, so you know you're getting Dane DeVito in there, and he's great. It's really it's surprisingly good. Check that one out. I will. Well, I saw the first one that they did, and I didn't know that that was going to be a trend. I years ago went with my mother and daughter to see Cinderella. That's the one. That's kind of the only one I missed. Was that any good? It was very good. Oh yeah, it was great. Because I'm like, oh, okay, we're we're gonna go see. I know the story, but all right, whatever. It's for my little girl. And I saw. Him, all right, yeah. I I didn't suffer through that. That was good. I enjoyed that. And next thing you know. Here comes the next one. Here comes the next one. I'm like, oh, so now you're, it feels like Disney got lazy and went, we're just going to redo live versions of what you already love. And, and with very wildly varying results. And Bambi, they're going to do a live action Bambi. I mean, I don't understand doing the ones where there's nothing but animals because you've already done that the first time. You can't, I mean, it's, it's not, you're not, you're not hiring a real deer. It's still going to be a CGI animated creature. So I don't I don't get the point. I like I thought the Jungle Book. I didn't get the point of that one. You know, I didn't think it was like Well, you know what? It gave you more story, so I, I I appreciated that. But I don't know if I ever really need to see it again. Right. And then Beauty and the Beast, it was okay, but so much of it was like explaining all the jokes from the first movie and just making them longer and mm. Yeah, no. Now, did, did, did we need the backstory about Bell's uh, Bell's mom dying in the plague? I don't. I don't think we did. Yeah, that's, uh, that's well. Bob is it Bob Iger? That's the guy in charge of Disney. Uh, no, no, he, he's back in now. He was because yeah. during the strikes, I saw live. I was at work and I'm walking by a TV and they're doing a live interview with them. <laughs> well, that, that, that went from the Millionaire Resort. Yeah, where he's sitting there in the backyard, and they're, they're asking him, and they go, how do you feel about this, uh, the writer's strike? I think they're unreasonable. Like, dude, shut your mouth, shut your mouth. And then he's like, I think we need to pull back on um, Star Wars, and we need to pull back on Marvel. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, the things that are successful, you have a real hard time with that, do you? Considering that he was at the Millionaire Resort camp. He might as well have had like a Mr. Moneybags top hat and monocle and be right. lighting a cigar with a hundred dollar bill. Dude, Scrooge McDuck is right next to him the whole read, time. Read the room, but at least Scrooge McDuck earned his money. It's, it's like, <laughs> dude, read the room. You know, you can't you can't be talking about how, how writers who get paid nothing are being unreasonable. And within 10 minutes, my phone lit up with that quote. Yeah. All over for the rest of the day and the week was Bob Iger is horrible. Yeah. He doesn't care about you or what and you like. He he was the golden boy. 
Yeah. I mean, he was a guy that smartly bought Marvel and bought Star Wars and bought Pixar and with all three said, go do what you do. And he right. stayed out of it. Now, in two out of three of those, it worked. Star Wars right. was, was mixed until now. I don't know if you saw the news of this. Dave Filoni is now chief creative at Lucasfilm. Which means? Which means the guy who made Mandalorian and Ahsoka and Clone Wars and was a direct um, I mean, I want to say just apprentice, but acolyte is almost more important of Lucas and Lewis trained by Lucas is now in charge of, of the, of the star Wars output. Good. Cause I've, I've been loving, uh, all of the star Wars stuff. Yeah. And it's fine. Now here we we'll go back to what we were talking about before. What the one thing of the TV stories that I didn't like was Andor. Andor just didn't work for me. I thought it was really dull. I didn't like it. And you know what? I didn't watch it. Cool. Okay. You know what I didn't do? Put out a, an hour and a half long and anti andor rant on YouTube. No, it, I just didn't watch it. It worked out great. It was my least favorite of the three because it did play like a spy thriller. Yeah. Which are very drawn out and boring, and I don't necessarily care enough, but I watched it with my son who thought it was one of his favorites. And what they were smart enough to do was do three-episode story arcs. First three is that story. Next three, that. Next three, that. So, you know, oh, in hindsight, I go, all right, I get it. That was smart because you're right. If you watch the first three, you're like. Ah. I see. I watched the first two and bailed. I should, having heard this from you, I should probably go back and watch the second three-parter and see if that, that hits me better. But the, yeah. the, 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 the quote that got me, it was from one of the producers of Showrunners and Andor. And he was talking about how the whole point was for this series was to do a Star Wars Without without space wizards and robots and laser swords, and I'm like, hey, um, you know what I really watch Star Wars for is robots and space wizards and laser swords. That's kind right. of my, you know, it's kind, it's kind of that's like. my that's my sweet spot, which is why I loved Ahsoka. Ahsoka was so freaking good because I'm like, look at we're getting Jedi's and we're getting space fights, and this feels like the original trilogy. That, that's all Dave Filoni. Ahsoka is like his baby. He well, bravo to him. That was and, and, and Mando, which I loved. And I, I mean, I heard some grumblings about Book of Boba Fett. I loved Book of Boba. Me Fett. too. Me too. But again, we got grumblings because people don't appreciate diversity in storytelling. Yes, it's not what they expected, so therefore it must be bad. Right. Shut up. Just like, enjoy it. Like they're complaining about the, the 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 kids with their with their fancy swoop bikes. And I was like, well, did you not see the prequels? Right, they could write the prequels in the, that Art Deco world, and there there would be people who would like you know rear back that kind of that kind of styling in their things. It, it's all part of that universe. Just, just because you don't like it doesn't mean the whole series is a wash. And that's the other thing too. For the slower moments, for say Andor, the stuff that carried me through was the connective tissue of being in that world. I'd always turn to Mikey and go, "Do you know how lucky we are to have this?" Like yeah. we never even dreamed of this being a show or even being in existence, and we're watching a one of many television series in Star Wars. Although, although part of me was like, you know, wow, who knew Mon Mothma had a bad marriage? Well, I didn't really need that storyline, but all right, fine. No, no, <laughs> it's and, yeah. But that, also, who thought there'd be a Mon Mothma resurgence to begin with? <laughs> right. And I'm going, ooh, ooh, do you know who that is? Do you know, you know, and doing all those little things because they do have a lot of those. If you're paying attention, you go, oh, that's the guy who's going to be up. Any guilty spies died to bring us this information. 
<laughs> right. And you get to see that happen. You get to yeah. see who they are. I mean, that's, you know, and, and with the Marvel stuff, <clears throat> uh, a buddy of mine, he doesn't like anything past Endgame, mostly. And I'm like, well, you know what? And you'll appreciate my, my philosophical thought on this. Endgame was great, but I feel in hindsight they blew their wad. I don't think, I don't think they realized how much audiences would take that as a finale. Right. And also <laughs> they really they finaled the hell out of that movie. Right. And which was great for box office, but and, you, and it was great and it was great storytelling too. I mean at the time I was racked. I loved right. it and I still do. But yeah, it does it's hard heavy. But it's still hard to pick up the ball and keep going after that. Well, because and this is why you took the two main guys that are the the leaders of the Marvel universe. You took them away, and I have loved everything because I understand, which apparently many naysayers don't get, ebbs and flows and ebbs yeah. and flows. You can't have Kirkman said this with Walking Dead, uh, with the comic. You have to have things be quiet for a little while before they ramp up and become holy crap because. Yeah. If everything's up here, it doesn't matter. It becomes your new low. You go right back to the next Thanos level thing in the next movie. You gotta let things build. Exactly. And you gotta build characters. You gotta give us other guys. You gotta give us different angles so that when you do get that big moment, yeah. so much matters. But I I think I I was that's funny because I was about to say the same thing. I don't think they realized how much. And it's not as it's it's as much the actors as the characters, how much. Downey and Evans carried those were they were the pillars of that whole franchise, right? And because both of those were kind of once in a lifetime casting, definitely, yeah. definitely for Downey, but I think especially for Evans, where there aren't many people who can make you believe Steve Rogers, right? Right. And, I, I, lo I love John Krasinski, yeah, and he was almost cap, and I don't see him playing it the same way. No, there would be there would be a bit too much of a smirkiness about it. Right. It wouldn't have the sincerity. And when you if you take both those out, and also, I mean, to us an only slightly lesser extent, taking out Scarlet as well. Those three, those three actors, I mean Scarlet, I think, is in more movies than anybody. Yeah. And those yeah. and 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 I just read, I don't know if you've seen it, there's that new history book of all the behind the scenes of the MCU. Okay. Quite good. It's very good. Hmm. And then as a result, when I finished watching, I said, all right, I'm going to do a full rewatch. And so I started Iron Man. And I'm I'm right now I'm on Guardians 2. Wait, you um, didn't do Cap? You didn't do Cap first? No, Iron Man was first movie. I know, but I mean, as far as like chronologically. I, I, I went release date. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go release date. Okay. Um, but as I'm watching these, I mean, uh, Evans especially and down here are so, so much carry. That, and I mean, Hemsworth is great, and they found a way to actually let Hemsworth put more of himself in the character. Right, and he, that arc he has through Endgame and 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 and, and Ragnarok, I think he's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But you need you need that heart, and then with those three gone, and sorry, and then what's interesting in the book, it talks about how when they're making Endgame, I not I Feige goes and talks to Brie Larson. And uh, Tom Holland and Chadwick Boseman, and basically says, "Look, everything's changing, but you three are gonna be our pillars from this point on." 
not realizing that we'd lose Chadwick far too soon. Yeah. Sony would then take away Spider-Man for the next two years so they couldn't build on Spider-Man. And that then the incel crowd would put such a stink on Captain Marvel that it would make it hard for them to build around it. Right, right, right. So, I, I mean, so all of a sudden they had to kind of scramble. And then, and then that happened at the same time that the, the Disney decided we're spending billions on a streaming service and we're demanding so much new content from Marvel that they cracked out all... And I, I, the, when you look at that slate of TV shows from Marvel, I mean, I wouldn't say there's one in there that's bad. There's a couple. There's a couple I'm not as crazy about. That's a high quality slate. There's not one you can look at. Well, oh, that was a bomb. Right. I have quibbles with. I, I didn't think What If was particularly. We'll compelling. talk about that. I had I had thoughts on that with you. I didn't, I didn't love that. I thought She Hulk was great until the finale, and and then. Ah, it completely dunked the landing, but up until the finale, it was fantastic. I thought. Well, with with what you're saying, you know, again, it's hindsight, but we didn't I, get enough. We didn't get enough Iron Man and Cap, or Black Widow to take them off the board. Yeah, we needed we needed a lot more adventures with them mm-hmm. because if you look at it, you got the first Avengers movie. They're they're established. Second one, it they. Kind they're, of hint that look they've been doing this a while. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So and like the when second they're all one, they're really forest. yeah, and and then that's when you add in Wanda and you add in Vision, and it really feels like the Avengers, right? But so um, that, but but you don't. A lot of it's like we've been chasing this thing for a while. We didn't get to see that stuff. We didn't get to exactly. See that we didn't get to see. We needed more adventures. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, in the short term, wow, you did Endgame. Wow, it's great. Whoa, shocking and things that have never been done before. But now you robbed us of all the adventures that we still yearn for. You know, so now and then people are going. There's a lot of major stories that like, how do you do those without Evans? And, and Well, and Mikey brings up a great point. I want to see Daredevil and Captain America together. Right. I want to, you know what I mean? Like, I want to see that. And I'm like, I agree. And I want to see She Hulk on a, on a team with, with Tony Stark and Steve Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the, you need to merge everybody before you start taking them away. And there's still so many new team ups that not only do we need to see, do we want to see, but we need to see. We need to see the Fantastic Four. We need to see Human Torch and Spider Man. And, you know, we need to see Daredevil and Spider-Man. We need that. Give it to us. And you heard the latest rumor of what they're planning, right? The the talk is often that they're going to bring back a couple of those guys. But they're going to have to recast them. Well, I thought they were going to be leaning into the multiverse thing. I'm I'm all for it. But, yeah, whatever. I'm guessing, of course. I mean, the the scuttlebutt I'm seeing, I'm hearing is that, you know, they're gonna back up the Brinks truck to get Downey and Evans back for Secret Wars, and sure. then well, then then that will be a big cosmic shaking thing. And from that point, they'll reboot and start recasting, which I think right. I mean it's tricky because these movies take so long to make, and now with the strike, everything's been pushed back another whole year. How much longer can you have Tony Stark be Downey Jr. for well, long, before he doesn't and agree? And and I agree. Well, I think they'll get away with it for that movie. For that oh, movie, yeah, yeah. they'll 
they could they, they could do it up until Secret Wars. I mean, but past but I passed that. I mean, what you don't want is you don't want the Roger Moore Bond of a view to a kill where he lo- he looks 110 and he's still making out with like 20 year olds. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, know? right. You, don't, you don't want that kind of rickety Sean Connery bond from Never Say Never Again, where he's he's a little bit wobbly when he's doing his fight scenes. Right. So that's well, the danger of holding these guys on for too long in the part. Well, that's why I'm thinking they're going to bring them in for that movie. And like you said, at the end of that movie, reboot, merge, do, do, the, do the Marvel merge thing where everybody opens their eyes and you have a new Cap. Mm-hmm. Not, that, not that the people in the Marvel Universe will know the difference, but Cap oh, will no, be no. there. Iron Man will be there, but they'll be different actors. Yeah. Great. I don't care if you get unknowns. If they're perfect for the casting, yeah. you know what I mean? Don't go for a name. Go for who can do this character. Yeah. All right. And then let's let's put a big fat spoiler warning on all this just in case anybody. Oh, no. This is just us guessing. Like we, yeah. we have no. I mean, and, but what, I'm, what I'm about to say, because this is something that came up in the Marvels that was a huge surprise. Okay. So, so, oh, I know where you're going. Yeah. Anybody who's forward. listening, yeah, yeah. we're, we're going to talk about the the end of the Marvels. If you haven't so, seen the Marvels, first off, go see it. It's great. It's super. It fun. is excellent. It's excellent. And, but secondly, this is what we're talking about. All this talk about incorporating the X Men into the into the MCU, I always thought it would be complete recasting. And the last thing I ever thought. Would the would then be leaning into what was the admittedly very uneven Fox X Men universe? You know, yep. for every great X Men movie you had two bad ones. Yeah, and for every great bit of casting you had two or three bad ones. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the same guy. You know, yep. so I you I I never expected the uh, the the way in for the X Men to be the X Men we know, but then you see the Kelsey Grammer Beast come in, who by the way. Is the best casting in the worst movie of any superhero movie. Mikey read that exact line from whoever the producer, director, whoever says, "We're bringing in the the guy who was cast in the best role, the perfect guy who unfortunately was in the worst movie for that yeah. character." And when I when I and by the way, I couldn't help but notice. It was a very CG beast, which I think is fine. He looked, he looked bad because I mean the the makeup on 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 Grammar has always looked good. The two times we saw him, but this looked really smooth. But yeah. I mean, just I did not think that the the way in was going to be leaning into all this fuck stuff. Which now I have to wonder what kind of crazy stuff are we going to see in Deadpool three? I know, I know. Now I hate Deadpool, but I like those movies. Like you know what I mean? Like it's, he, it's excellent. I, I, I did. I did not care one whit about Deadpool until Ryan Reynolds. Right. In the comics, that's, that's perfect. Yeah. Right. Because I I hate the aren't I cute? Look, I'm talking to the wall. I'm breaking the fourth wall. I hate that garbage. It's not. It's not my type of humor. And the character itself, really, by itself, before they started going, there's no depth to him. He just, it's, eh, whatever. But Reynolds makes that character work. And he even he found does. a way to do it hard. But there's right. also, there's also this kind of like absolutely fearless, we're going to do whatever and make fun of everything in a way that works so well on those movies. And no, it's confirmed that they're getting back um, Electra. Okay. 
Yeah. 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 The actress, you know, the one from the, the, the Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner is coming back as oh, Electra. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's a multiverse. They're thing. doing that. You know, you know, Affleck showing up as Daredevil. He better. He's he better. And, and apparently, there's a lot more X Men cameos coming in this thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can't. I don't see how it's possible. How it's not possible that well. Let's get Cage in here as the Ghost Rider. Sure, sure. What's Just, he gonna say? No. Yeah, and and or having Chris Evans come in there to play Human Torch. Right, right. I mean, that's and fun. All of a sudden, on, I mean, I think right now they're 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 the Deadpool movie especially is so fearless in what they can do because they've proven it all works. And now with what we see, what they're doing with the Beast, Marvel is willing to say all this stuff happened. So let's bring it all in, which okay. I never expected. I mean, th- I mean, you. Yeah, I said this to to Mikey too, and you get it. We lived from the moment we're born and we're introduced into comics. Our imagination went, wait, why can't you have G.I. Joe and the Transformers coexist? I know, you know, they're not the same toy line, but I can have, you know, I can have these characters intermingle. Why can't we have Batman and Spider-Man team up and, you know, and then in my mind, I always want them to be part of the same universe, but we also understand that you can have fun as the comics have taught us with a multiverse of three different Spider-Men and, you know, here comes five ghost riders and two Punisher, like just have fun. And, and you know, up, that, until, between- up until 20 years ago, they didn't want to have not even less. They didn't want to have two Batman if you have Batman in a movie, you can't have him on a TV show because right. it'll confuse the audience. Now we're of the generation, our people, in charge going, people aren't stupid. Yeah. They will appreciate a multiverse, and now we're getting it in everything. DC, and, Marvel. And if, if they're going to go this crazy and this big with Secret Wars, and they're going to spend the money to bring back Evans as Cap and Downey, mm-hmm. uh, how are you not going to have that and then put in Hugh Jackman's Wolverine? Right, and then right. and and then also put in Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, yeah. gimme, 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 and you know, there's going to be people already. We're not even close to being out, and people are already going to. It sucks. It's stupid. It's you know that yeah. garbage mentality. Shut up! You 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 were so blessed. We are so blessed. Even if it wasn't as Somehow, I don't. I don't think we're going to have any issues. But even if something isn't as perfect as you want it to be, it's still there. It's yeah. still made. It's still you know you can always grow on that and and just love everything. I mean, and what you know what's gratifying about this is when these things happen, it can make, kind of make you change the way you felt about older stuff. Yeah, I I love Andrew Garfield Spidey now. Oh, me too. I always but, did. But, but I, I never, it, it didn't work for me before. I didn't like him in the first movie, and I never saw the second one. But oh, the then second great. Second one's great. Second one's great. The outfit. Home, I mean, all right, I got to go get the second one now. And I, <laughs> that, that Andrew Griffiths, and I, I felt the same with the Marvels. I got maybe three episodes into Ms. Marvel on Disney Plus. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I get what this is. It's definitely good. Not for me. Hmm. It, it, it just it, it felt it skewed very teen to me, and I was like, okay, I see why I, I see uh, what they're doing. I think they're doing it well. It's not working for me, so I didn't watch the rest of it. Oh, but, 
But then when I saw her in the Marvels, she, and she carries that movie, she's fantastic. She is fantastic. And but I think what you really needed with her is you need her with established heroes to really make that dynamic sing. She's great. So now I'm going to go back and watch the rest of them as Marvel. Okay, because I was just about to tell you something at the end, but I, I won't. Go back and watch it. Yeah. Because, you know, I got you got to be patient, if, especially the fact that they only give us six episodes. Yeah. Drives me nuts. But because once it gets going, you got to give it a couple episodes to establish itself and whatever. But then all of a sudden you'll feel it kick in and you go, okay, okay, now we're going. Now everything makes sense. Now, you know, and then it's over and you're like, oh, I miss it. And I wish it didn't. It's same thing with uh, WandaVision. Yeah. If you only watch the first three episodes, you're out. Yeah, well, that well, that one in particular was such a, spe a specifically weird concept. Yeah. That I think if you you had to know, okay, I clearly got to be in a long haul for this one. And that's the thing, because with the with the impatient, you know, society yeah. we live in of instant gratification, a lot of people dropped out. I'm like, no, yeah. you. Watch the whole thing because Marvel always pays off. There's yeah. always they not only does it pay off, it gives you extra. You get a bonus thing to go oh, for the next thing. Yeah, you know. And by the time they got to that fourth one, I went, oh, yeah, okay. The other Ms. Marvel thing that was great is her family in the Marvels is played so well. They use those characters perfectly. They yeah. they feel real. They don't they don't feel like stereotypes. And, yes. they, and, and, and they also contribute to the overall plot. Basically, and again, not uh, not to go negative, but this this did bother me. Everything they did right in the, in, in the Marvels, DC kind of did wrong in Blue Beetle with his with Jaime's family. Okay, Jaime's family just felt like, and it's weird, super stereotypical, and just completely unrealistic, hmm. and and way too much of them. I mean, no, that, uh, <laughs> that we should be called Blue Beetle's family because they they had more action scenes than he did. <laughs> and just you know, I mean, George Lopez say it, holy free holies, really? Yeah, that was a little really? bit tough. Yeah, I mean, they can't show Speedy Gonzalez cartoons anymore, but we got right. this. I mean, I don't. Eh. I yeah, he, he was a bit much. And, and he, you know, I think I think the main kid as Blue Beetle, he's great. Great. He is great. I, again, this is, this is all it goes back to finding the stuff you love. I love how much of it was about Ted Kord's legacy. Yes. Clearly, clearly leading into bringing that back. And the fact that we got so much of them in the bug. Although, when I saw them spray painting the bug, I got angry. Me too. Me <laughs> too. I'm like, you dare. You better have blue paint to paint over that because you yeah. don't do that garbage. Speaking of Blue Beetle, did you see the bug uh, in the theaters? Did I see the movie? No, the actual bug itself. Certain theaters had a blue beetle popcorn bucket. Oh, I did not. No. <laughs> oh, holy crap. Oh, I would have gotten that. You know what? Oh. Yeah. What theater was it? Wow. I think it wasn't the AM. I think it was a landmark chain. This thing is perfectly sized. For the for the Mattel three and three quarter figures, and there is currently a beetle figure inside. I would hope so. <laughs> the hat though was up in the back. It's great, and I got I got my my theaters did now either. I got mine on eBay pretty cheap. So oh, see, we'll well, we didn't have that sort of luxury here because when Indiana Jones came out, 
they had the hat bucket for the popcorn and the, that. and the soda with that the cup with the hat on it. Well, I wanted that. So I'm I was told, oh yeah, it's at AMC theaters or whatever the heck it is. So I'm running, even though I saw the movie and it wasn't at the one that I saw, I'm like, I'm gonna run and check it out. And someone I know worked at it and they said, Yeah, we don't have that here. It's it's oh. it's a chain that we don't, I guess we don't have on this coast or at least nowhere near me. I'm like, but it's Indiana Jones. Give me, (laughs) you know, there's certain things that are near and dear that are part of my DNA and I never got to get it. The the scuttlebutt I heard for Blue Beetle was that the plan was for a second one to bring in Ted Cord. Sure. And it would be Jason Sudeikis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He did the voice. Is that the way? It sure sounded like him. Yeah, that was him. Which I think, Great casting. That would totally agreed. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll see. Hopefully, that's what's going to happen. I, I mean, mean, I mean, and Gunn has pretty much kind of like given this the approval, and that this is going to be our Blue Beetle from now on. Even, yeah. if, even if this movie is a part of the cut, so I'm fine with that. He said, "Yeah, this is Blue Beetle is our first DCU hero, our superhero." Yeah. Great. Fine. Yeah. And know. you know what amazed me too about that movie? Because again, they didn't really promote it like they should have. Um, they didn't market anything they didn't really try uh so i thought oh god this is going to be low budget special effects are not going to be great the suit's going to look like crap everything was amazing i think it was phenomenal i think that's why they gave it the theatrical bump is that the suit work and the effects all came out so good they said okay this is something we can we we can put in the theaters Mm -hmm. and 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 then and that that was the high point of the movie that in the court stuff but just the, the family stuff. Just grandma with the revolutionary with the gun. And just, uh. Well, I, I was dying to tell you, talk to you about, you know what stayed with me from one of our previous conversations was your uh, critique of What If. Because What If is coming out now with season two, finally, thank God. But, and again, hindsight and re-watching them, and Mikey pointed out, which on his own, which I think you said too, and I agree, as much as we love it and it's great, no, no, no. What if is very simple. It's at this critical moment, did you turn left or did you turn right? And you get to watch what happens because you turned right. Right. Left. So that's great. This show does not do that. Uh, for example, they, they assume you're going to do the backstory in your head the one where killmonger saves iron man yeah right i happened to watch that one last week and i thought of you and i'm like i wish you were sitting next to me because we would have this conversation right then and there it starts with killmonger for whatever reason being where tony stark is there's no point of divergency where that can happen and so that's what i'm saying you need the moment where killmonger went i'm turning left instead of right and then building up to where he's with Stark. They just go, wait a minute, why were you in Afghanistan at that point? Yeah. Because in the original history, he wasn't. They also had uh, Black Panther not being the father. Father's still alive, but he's not Black Panther. It's T'Challa. Yeah. That doesn't happen until Civil War when the father dies. So you already are making it not our thing. No, you, you, you can't just take your concepts and throw them into a barrel and then 
pull them out and say Yahtzee, and that's your story. You got to come from a certain point that's left or right. Yeah, yeah. you know, and the, the, the and, and the comics f- fell prey to that too. I think I said this before. I mean, for every every story that was good, if you know, what if what if Spidey joined the Fantastic Four? There's sure. a point to that. Then right. you know, issue three was what if Nick Fury fought World War II in space? Well, no, no, you can't do. Where did you pull that from? It's not what if. That's what the f. It's a very different series. <laughs> exactly. So. I'm watching these and I'm watching the trailer for the new ones. And I'm thankful and I love it, but it doesn't seem like they necessarily learned their lesson. No, they didn't. It I feels thought- like the watcher goes, I'm not done with that story. And you're like, no, the, you, the comment, the, the at last episode is them all coming together to fight, whatever that fine. You did that. Let it go. Yeah. Give us the what ifs. I mean, I, again, I'm sure it's an episode by episode. Well, I also saw that one of the episodes is about this new American Indian character, Native no. American character, and it's like, okay, no, I mean, this is that's not what you're. That's not what the show is for, or not what the concept is for. Yeah, we don't we don't know who she is, or do we care? Because we have too much to go back to. Yeah, you don't need to create new. Get just yeah. deal with the what you have. Is- so it's that that's a, that's the that series is for me the biggest the biggest weak link in the entire Marvel Plus slate, which overall is still pretty great. And they know now that we're almost in December, I will start my now annual rewatch of Hawkeye, which I did. I started it last Christmas because I'm yeah. like the first episode in particular and throughout it, but in particular that first episode really. Gets me going for Christmas no, because he's in New York. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, it's the, you're looking around and all the Christmas crap. I I now have two Marvel Marvel traditions every year, which will be the Hawkeye series and my God, the Guardians Christmas special. Oh, wasn't that amazing? That I watched that so many times last year, and every time it just cracked me. It's yeah. so good, and it and just cry. It, yeah, it, it's so it, it's so affecting and emotional, but also just as crazy and hilarious and goofy as guardians can be, but it, it right. all together so well. Well, you know, I'll, I'll, those, I'll songs, those songs are fantastic. Catchy as I put them on my playlist. They're on my <laughs> Christmas playlist. <laughs> um, and that last movie, that last guardians of the guard, uh, guardians oh. of the galaxy movie. He did. Gun did. A brilliant job wrapping everything up. I mean, he 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 tied off things that I didn't even remember that I needed to care about. Like yeah. he gave closure to every single character and everything that he started, and it didn't feel forced. It didn't feel like oh, we got ten more minutes to wrap this. Like no, no, just do it. And looking back now, you realize this is intentional. The two characters who kind of got a bit of short shrift in Volume Three were Drax and Mantis. Uh-huh. So they get a giant spotlight in the Christmas special. Right. So, right. I mean, it all evened out. So you don't feel like you're robbed of those two because you did get to know them really well in the Christmas special. Yeah, okay. but I've, it's funny, Volume 3, I have not gone back to rewatch since the theater. Only sure. only because I just haven't had a chance yet. I'm dying to. Right. It's right. Volume and just the way the rocket story is told. Oh, so rough! It's so rough, but it's 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 insanely affecting. 
And you know what? You had to tell that story yeah. because, because, you know, everybody wondered what, what's the deal with the talking raccoon? Oh, I was experimented on. Okay. Well, what does that mean? And, oh, and, that's what that means. And you get that beat where like, you know, when they're all running to escape and a rocket's like, we got to get everybody out. And he's talking about the animals. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good. And then when he sees that he is a raccoon and he, yeah. and he, and he embraces it, I, well, I'm, I'm rocket raccoon. It's so much good stuff. I, I miss this. Apparently whenever they're all running off the ship and to get back to, to nowhere, Drax is carrying the high evolutionary. Oh yeah. They don't leave. Don't we're the guardians. We don't leave. We don't leave you to die. That's nice. That's so good. And, you know, and, and it's the little nuances like that that make it work so well. And, you know, <laughs> I thought for sure What's-His-Face was dead. Star-Lord. Yeah. I mean, he blew, he blew, like, oh, you're done. That's it. You're dead. You yeah. you you jumped, and once the air hits you and you're freezing and your body does that, good luck getting back to normal. Yeah. Like, no, but, I, but, I mean, to be fair, uh, Gunn's done that a lot. I mean, he gets pretty puffy in the first one, too. <laughs> did he? Not there when you see Aura. So they, 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 they it, 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 it didn't feel to me like he went too much with it. Right. Yeah. Well, I can excuse it because it's sci-fi and all, okay, we got back to no nowhere and there's a machine that you could lay in and it'll yeah. fix and it. And also Quill's half alien. So there, there's, there's something to that. Okay. There yeah. you go. See, I'll excuse it. Yeah. Whereas and other it, things, it, if somebody else is trying like to the end of Total Recall where Arnold's eyes are like this far out of his head. Right. <laughs> right, there's certain things where you go, bull crap. Yeah, but that that it, yeah, I that thought it was great that he didn't go for the easy happy ending with Quill and Gamora. How about that? I love, mm -hmm. love, love that he's like, she's not the same person now. I got to let her go. Yeah, bravo! Yeah. Because it, it's so easy and predictable to go. No, no, no. We need to find a way for them to get together in the end. And that, and that it gives Quill an arc where he's actually maturing. Yes, that he was so immature in Infinity War that he almost gives away the game within the fight with Thanos. Well, ever it's since then, he's been the most hated Marvel character because every yeah. time I look at him, I'm like, You a hole, you because you're a petty child, you cost five years of people's lives, yeah, like god. But you know, in this one, he's redeemed some, and then in the end, he's having cereal with his father oh that's that last scene the the, the use of the florence and the machine song was uh, just perfect yep the, the cut and cut between that dance party and quill back on earth so yeah. well done. Oh. And, and, but you know what confused me uh quill will return why i mean great i guess if you're gonna find out use for him but it ends with them saying you'll see him again yeah yeah i don't need to see that I mean, that I, I think they, they they know they're going to want to use him in Secret Wars. Okay, okay. You know, and I, I uh, and also I think uh, Gunn has done that with all of his Guardians movies. I think it's a kind of like a, a James Bond thing he loves doing. Sure. In, in all the old Bond movies, it's always James Bond will return in, and a lot of times they'd have the title even. And I, I, I that appears to be like a like a Gunnism. I. I'm getting, like I said, more and more faith of Superman legacy because I don't want anything to be as raunchy as Suicide Squad, especially that second one. And it was also so childlike. And I thought, oh, God, don't do this with Superman. Don't make him 
don't make it vulgar don't make it you know and but then you see guardians you go okay do that do, do use that type of mentality for a superman and understand and and, and suicide squad is a different kind of concept you know so right. i mean so the, it, it, it can lean to a little bit more toward the violent side, but still, you got Starro in that Suicide Squad movie. Right, I mean, right. <laughs> I know, I know. But then, you know, then they'd have the stupid moments of, I'm a hero, splush. Like people yeah. dying randomly and like, okay, yeah. that's that's a sixth grader joke that you could do that's once. Not, that's also very Suicide Squad. I remember reading those, you'd read those comics from John Ostrander and... Mm -hmm. And I mean, uh, every every time someone new joined the team, it, it was uh, you you knew they weren't lasted long. Right, <laughs> right. Which is fine, and I, I yeah. expect people to die, but as uh, it was kind of the vulgarness of it always throws me. And I I enjoyed um uh, Peacemaker. Peacemaker, I love Peacemaker. Right, Peacemaker was great despite its vulgarness. Like there's moments that where I'm just like that. Okay, it. You don't have to go grade school level humor. You could bump it up a bit, and but the the quality of the story arc was great. Yeah, like yeah. You, you know, very unpredictable. Yeah, and and I thought, okay, that I didn't feel like I wasted my time when it was over. I'm like, oh, that was good. Okay, yeah, Cena was surprisingly good in that. I thought. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, no, me I mean. Those, 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 and I, I, I love Suicide Squad, the second one. I, I didn't hate the first one like everyone else. I love the first one. The first one I was like, yeah, fine, great. Yeah. I mean, uh, quibbles here and there, but overall, I thought it worked pretty well. Speaking of quibbles, to, we're going down the Marvel list of TV shows I wanted to share with you because I told you about What If. Uh, there were three things, if I'm going to nitpick. Again, thankful for it all. That's the point of the title. Shut your mouth and be thankful we have it. But, what you said about She-Hulk. And here's why it doesn't work. And you'll get this. The series was so good. The whole series was great. I got my Daredevil. We got a fun Daredevil. Yeah. It was, it, he stole the show, quite frankly. I mean, yeah. he's so amazing. I love it. And again, Daredevil's my number one Marvel guy. But take that out of it. He was still the one who stole the show. Yeah. He's sweet to her. And they didn't do the cliche oh, we're going to have a romantic thing, but in the end, we're going to bicker and decide, no, it's not going to work, and I'm going to go away. No, he cares for her. Yeah, They really brought out the whole nurturing aspect of Matt Murdock, where he's not a scumbag. He really wants to be nice to people, and he's, like, even at the end in the last scene where they're having the picnic and he's with the family, yeah. and he reaches over and grabs the father's shoulder. Yeah, Like, little nuances like that, I'm like, see... I love the sweetness of Matt Murdock. Yeah. He's looking out for her. She's, she's trying to be funny. And he's like, uh-huh, you're, you're outclassed here. Just yeah. shh, shh, let me, let me handle this. And in the courtroom, he kicks the crap out of her and you know, all of that. And also you feel that they like each other and the relationship will continue. I'm like, great. Yeah. Let, let that. But <clears throat> the last episode they do, and I know why they did it, but they shouldn't have. No, they're, they're trying to do the John Byrne fourth they're wall. Trying to do the John Byrne break the fourth wall. Look at how cute we are. And I wish they understood what you would understand, and I understand is that works and is tolerated in a comic. Because with the comic, it's not cemented. The next issue can ignore what just happened. 
You know what I mean? Like you give a little more leeway with comic writing because it's issue to issue and it doesn't ripple. Well, the other, the other, the other difference too is look at the, the way the same thing is handled in, in Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool movies. In, in Deadpool, whenever Deadpool talks to the camera, it's done with the lightest touch. But in, in, in you know, you'll, you'll see the, 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 the Hugh Jackman photo coming up here and there, or we'll talk about making Green Lantern at the end. So sure. like the, the fourth wall things are just a little tight touch. And then that shield, it's done with a hammer. It's done with a hammer and no, they, subtlety, no nuance. They assume that the, the audience is going to go, oh, John Burns kind of thing. But you ruin the whole story because guess what? You built up the whole series or season to be a big fight, which I don't care how many times it's been done. We need to see her fight people. We yeah. need to see resolution with these arcs instead of her going, wait, I'm going to walk into the studio and talk to somebody. Okay, but we never get to see that resolution. The the TV audience is not as patient as, say, a comic book reader who can go, all right, and then let it go. If it's on film, it that's it. That, and that, the, other, that the other problem with that from a narrative standpoint is when you make that the climax, that means ostensibly your entire season doesn't count. Exactly. And you just right. kick the so audience in the crowd. Your character is going to be so difficult now because in my mind, the whole thing didn't really happen because it was it was all joke. Right. Exactly. And and it does not fly for... And the way they wasted... Uh, I mean, and the, the way they used Ruffalo was so good at the beginning and at the end with his weird son showing up. It's like, so you just wasted all this time and narrative for Hulk on... And it wasn't even a joke. It was just weird. And we never get to see that story. And then, and and the, the, the sun looked so strange, and it wasn't even it, it was that I I'm that was a mystery to me. I want I a couple weekends ago, um, I met Mark Lynn Baker. We went to Chiller, and you know uh, the kids know him from She Hulk. Yeah, and you know we call him Cousin Larry, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we decided to use our five minutes to talk about Marvel with them. And he was sitting there and he's very kind. And he's, you know, he was sweet to us. Very quiet. Not the guy who's going to necessarily carry the conversation. But we talked about She-Hulk. And he, and he said, do you think they're going to do more? And he goes, I haven't been called. I don't know if they're going to do another season. I said, well, that could change tomorrow. And he's like, that's all true. You know, we, do, we don't know what Marvel will call me and I'll be there. Um, because but I said, Go ahead. I was going to say, um, what we said, Cindy goes, how great is it to be part of the Marvel Universe? And he lit up. He's like, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm in there. I get to be She-Hulk's dad. You know? Yeah. We got a picture with them. And, but, yeah, very sweet and very very quiet. But, it, 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 just, it was just so frustrating because she was so good in that part. Yeah. As both, as as Jen Walters and as She Hulk, and the CJ was well done enough that I always believed her in the in the in the She Hulk scenes, and just it just felt like that last episode threw it all away. Well, agreed, and and hopefully they learn from that and realize, oh, the audience won't just tolerate anything, and we can't be cute and not give you closure. You need to have the fight. Yeah. You yeah. need to have resolution. Um, but that last scene with with 
Matt Murdock sitting with them. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's I mean, in my mind, in my mind, I kind of end the season on that episode. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, and then it was the same thing with Moon Knight. We loved Moon Knight. However, and let me ask you, because I'm going to sound foolish. They gave him different powers, right? Like Moon Knight is a guy who takes a shirt off and puts his uniform on and jumps from rooftop to rooftop. And they allude to him being, oh, you're the Moon Knight. Baby. But he doesn't fly and his outfit doesn't go boom and appear on him when he wants. Well, right. I mean, the kinda. The, I mean, the comic when it's when I now and again, but I'm not an expert on. They that. used they would use his cape as like a crescent glider in yeah. a way that would never work in real life. So, sure. I mean, so the, the the and he really leaned into that a lot. And all, there was also the period where because for a lot of the first part, of Moon Knight, he was just nuts. You know, he in was just crazy. Story arc. Yeah, or where we had multiple personalities, mm-hmm. and so. The, the the kind of the idea was he was a damaged guy and he wasn't right. really like the chosen one. Later on, Khonshu was a real deity who was giving him some supernatural powers. And all of a sudden at night, I think he gets stronger with the, with the light of the moon and he has some super strength. So it's not out of the ordinary to the, the from canon at least to give him more power than usual. And MCU always kind of does that to a certain degree. I mean, in my mind, Captain America does not have super strength. Right. When right. I was growing up, I remember Marvel Universe. Cap has the, the 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 maximum strength and stamina of a normal human being. Right, he, and, he got and, to shoot without doing the work. Yeah, and and in in the movies, I mean, Cap's holding back helicopters, right. and it works in a movie. I, I right. I'm upset that that movie Cap is super strong, but I think they're always going to kind of lean into that with these characters and add add some oomph to them where they can. Yeah, well, the, it took me out of it though because. I love, and I all of what you said, okay, the, he can get a little stronger, but I don't see him having, being riddled with bullets and just keep moving. The, the moment that they have, the suit appears on him, and all the wraps around him, and then he's walking through the desert, and all these guys are just point blank shooting him. I'm like, well, that's not the Moon Knight that I know. The Moon Knight I know is closer to... A Batman. Well, he's very much Batman. Yeah. Right, which is great. And you could do a certain spin on that with the multiple personalities, which I thought was brilliant. I love the idea of him blacking out and waking up again, and now he's got a bloody hand and he's holding yeah. like you know somebody's heart or whatever. That's great. I'm all for that. They, they, I thought those episodes were great, but the moment you make him supernatural to that degree, it took me out of it because I'm like, okay, so what am I afraid of for him? If, if he's going to get bullet, you know, get shot a trillion times and keep walking like it doesn't phase him. <sighs> you know, it's, it's, it's definitely got a more supernatural lean. It also leans more into the, I think it was Warren Ellis run, which, which introduced the Mr. Knight persona in the suit. Yeah, 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 yeah. that was great, actually. So, so again, it, it all, and also Khonshu being so much more of an active part of the storyline. Sure. and. That F. Marie Abraham Conchu voice is so good. I agree. So, I, I felt like you in the first one. I realized, okay, they're doing something different with it. And yeah. so, and I never, I was, I was never, I my most, most of my Moon Knight exposure, honestly, was during his brief run in the West Coast Avengers. Okay. Well, I didn't, I didn't have a big fondness for the character going in, so I, I, I was able to make that jump pretty easily. They're doing something new. Let's go with it. 
for me. You're I, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. I wanted to check with you because I have read Moon Knight now and again. And since then I bought like the volumes on yeah. digital. I have almost all of them and I have to read them. But <clears throat> when I would read them, he's, he has the gadgets where if he's going to use the cloak, yeah. it's not because it's a normal cape. It's because when he does that, it'll do this. The, yeah, no, in, in, I, in the handbook of the movie, it describes how the cape is weighted at the bottom. Yeah, uh, all of that. And I'll yeah. go with that. And you have your your moon copter. He had the curtain copter, if I recall. I'll go, I'll go with all of that. That's fine. Great. Yeah. Be, a, be a, an offshoot of a Batman-type character without the the brooding part of it. Fine. Be, you know. And then Bendis. Was it Bendis? No. Before Bendis, when they did that dark thing where he was crazy and they kind of made him uh where where he cut off the face of yeah right i'm like oh now you're now i can't root for you because you're just a crazy wacko yeah i like him to be a good person who can tap into different personalities if he needs to like it's a utility belt right right and and that's fine i'll do that but the moment that they make him crazy, I'm like, well, now I don't see you standing next to Daredevil. Yeah, yeah. And for me, Moon Knight is more the urban street fighter like Daredevil, where he could be part of the new defenders with Daredevil and Luke Cage and whoever, yeah. because they're on that same level of. But the moment you make him, you know, supernatural, I'm like, all right, you're out. I can't. But despite that, I enjoyed it immensely until the last episode. The last episode was fine, but it felt rushed. And then it ended. There was stuff on it that didn't make sense as we're watching it. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Your other identity fell off the boat. How did you get them back on the boat? Like they just all of a sudden have them appear together. No, it's yeah. And you go, all right, so I'll let that go. Fine. I don't need to nitpick. I can let it go. I can let it go. And they wrap everything up in such a way that you're like, how did he heal if he didn't if he didn't have the the powers and he got shot in the chest? All of a sudden now he's up and fine again. Okay. Again, oh, no. far, right? far more supernatural, far more mystical. And, and which so. is fine if you're going to explain it, but if you don't explain it, how do you expect me to make the jump? Like I can't just blindly go, okay. And in that last episode, they did it like three times with stuff. And they had the girl. Okay, the girl now has powers too. Yeah, she, that, that, that felt surprisingly out of left field. Right, right. And then in the end. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think there's a big history of that in the comics. There's so that's, not. There's not. not mythos. And the comics are now trying to backpedal into that. They're like, no, no, look, she's going to show up. Who cares now? And then in the end, okay, there's Lockney or whatever that third personality is. Okay, that's great, except you left on a cliffhanger, and we don't know if we're going to get more. I thought a while back uh, Oscar Isaac like tweeted from like somewhere in the Middle East where they were filming. So I think I think that one they haven't announced yet, but is 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 is. is oh, I hope so. I pray yeah. from your mouth to God's ears. I I hope so because there's so much potential and everybody enjoyed it. So yeah, if that cliffhanger pays off, yeah, it'll be forgiven. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the third thing I wanted to tell you what was that is that your side? Yeah, this is sorry, my own house. <laughs> oh, okay. 
it, it came through the speakers like someone screaming. I'm like, well, somebody's not enjoying the show. Um, <clears throat> the other one that I will admit fell short was Secret Invasion. Yeah. Secret I mean, Invasion, I, I feel like they did the Beatles mistake. I feel like they went, you know, the Beatles went, we're just going to crap out anything and you're going to love it. And I understand they had to do a story arc to show, to build up towards what Secret War is going to be. I got that. But one, Nick Fury didn't feel like Nick Fury. Two, I don't care about all those green guys. Yeah, It was too espionage Who do you trust? Who do you like? Who should I root for? Where everybody's backstabbing everybody else. Well, there's a couple reasons it didn't work for me. For one, the Marvel, the MCU has kind of made the scrolls sympathetic. So right. having having the scrolls be like bad guys here didn't feel like what we come to what we'd come to know these guys as for one thing. Uh-huh. And you're right, Nick Fury did not feel particularly like the star of the show or like he was really as competent as he should be. Yeah. I think what's most telling about it is that you can go from the last time you see Nick Fury at the end of the second Spidey movie, where you, they reveal he's in space, sure. to the beginning of the Marvels, and it's like Secret Invasion never happened. That series lifts right out. Yep. Nothing yep. of it. Well, and the fact that <laughs> they undercut his significance as a spy, where they're like, no, no, no. The scrolls did everything. That's how you knew stuff. That's how you figured that out. Because you, by the way, there's a million scrolls on our planet now. Well, GD it. Like, great. So it's not a who do you trust kind of thing. It's a, oh, random green guys that I can't tell the difference. Apart. So I, wait, yeah. I need to root for these green guys, but not these green guys. I don't care enough. And, and, so I'm watching it. I'm like, all right, do we trust the girl? Is she supposed to? Oh, her father got, got killed. Okay. I didn't care enough about him to care that he died just because yeah. he was in a previous movie. He was in the what Miss uh, Captain Marvel movie. Yeah. Okay. I didn't yeah. care about you then. And yeah. now, you know, oh, green guy's going after this green guy. And there's going to be one fight in the end where they do the – female version of a super scroll. Yeah. Who cares? It it's it's the only other than what if, it's the only Marvel Plus series that feels completely inconsequential. Yeah. That you yeah. can take it right out and it, it's not going to have any impact on what happens in the future and it didn't pay off anything we'd want to see in the past. It didn't serve its main character well. The top right. of the bottom just about, uh, a gigantic missed opportunity. Oh, and Maria Hill dies. First and, and also did they establish exactly when Rhodey got taken? No. No. Okay. Actually, they said... <clears throat> I think they said after he lost the use of his legs. It was somewhere in there. It's. I mean, if it's not post-Endgame, I'm going to be very upset. Because Rhodey's, right. Rhodey's stuff in Endgame is great. Right. Rhodey has great moments in that movie. Uh, I, I would argue probably more character development in Endgame and then he had in in most of me before that that right. that that because I don't believe that there's that great moment when he's with Nebula when they're getting when they're getting the soul gem 
on, on, on Morag. Sure. And, and she, her, her hand got shredded. And he looks over at it. He's like, man, we we work with what we got, right? I'm talking about his own disability. I don't buy a scroll saying that. Well, that's the thing, too. Yeah, you're right. Um, because when they get him out of the pod, he they have to carry him. Remember at the end of Secret Invasion? Yeah. So it's, it's definitely post-injury. But as long as, I mean, there's still time because of the, 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 the years they've done. As long as it's post-end game, then that's fine. Right. But if say like the, the the roadie we saw in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, if he's been scrolled by that point, cool. Right. But right. Don't, don't take him away from Endgame. Right. And I was wondering <clears throat> if they were going to have, and this is just again guessing, the way that they could reverse the whole Iron Man. I'm sure they won't. But the Iron Man Captain America thing. What if they were scrolls? Oh God, that that would be the worst possible. Right, I think people would be ticked. Yeah, that, that, that means there's a scroll somewhere, uh, you know, macking on Haley Atwell, and that's not cool. Right, right. <laughs> back right. in the 50s. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you, back with the Beast thing, you're right. As long as they use Kelsey Grammer's voice, they could CGI anything. Yeah, I just I, I meant to throw that in before because when we're watching the theater, and we're watching Frasier. And, and I had Mikey, we, we all sat as a family and watched 11 seasons of Cheers while we would eat dinner. And so we zipped through those. Mikey's got the Funkos and all about Sam. And he starts watching the original Frasier. Well, I, think, now, I think I'm in the minority, by the way. Now. I like Cheers Frasier better than Frasier Frasier. But go on. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but we're watching the new Frasier and enjoying it. Well... Mikey's like all obsessed about it. And then we see, holy crap, Kelsey Grammer is beast again. And he's even saying, yeah, I I, I hope, I think there's going to be more of me as beast. And we see it in the theater. And while the credits are rolling, Cindy leans over and goes, it's a Kelsey Grammer world and we're just living in it. Pretty hard, right? <laughs> that, was, that was one of my favorite things in Days of Future Past. I always yeah. thought... They should have taken that X-Men team they showed at the end of that movie and given us more movies with that team. Without a doubt. Without when, a doubt. When, when Grammar walks by and he's got the, the, the suit on, he just he looks like Hank McCoy in the comics. Yep. By the way, in the comics, Hank McCoy is a train wreck now. They, is he? they, he's, he's such a villain. I don't know how they redeem him. Really? It's terrible. What'd they do? He's like, he, he's like a... Evil scientist, mass murdering monster over in in, in the in the the X Men comics. Have, I think have been terrible the last couple of years, and now they're actively trying to re, to to um to somehow redeem the character because they, clearly they see where things are going in the MCU. Yeah, well, the the X Men. I'll tell you, overall for me, other than the Claremont, obviously, and John Byrne, and uh, uh, Joss Whedon's run is I loved it. I have yeah, it digitally. Not, not I, said, I said to um, my son, when you're in the mood for X-Men, I want you to read that arc because that is it at its essence. That is, you know, overall for me, <clears throat> as much as I'd love to enjoy the X-Men, you got to wait until a writer has come and gone and then judge it because most of it, I think, is not good. And typically hasn't been good because and i know we've talked about this every writer wants to make the next nightcrawler and wolverine 
everybody wants to do their breakout thing. So they're too busy creating new characters instead of just keeping it tight and yeah. use who you have. Yeah. If, if, if a story needs new guy to walk in, let it be organic. But everybody goes in, no, 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 no. Yeah, I got the next Wolverine, so it ruins everything. Yeah, they, they don't see what the heart of the of the, of the characters are. So, you know, I'm I'm here for Scott and Gene. I'm here for Professor X. I'm here for Wolverine. I'm not here for Maggot. I can do without Maggot. Leave right. Maggot alone. And instead, you, know, you get like five issues of Maggot suddenly being the heart of the team. Maggot and Marrow. Yeah, that whole thing is like, see, I'm like done. I can't even. I, again, my other than Daredevil, my overall feeling towards Marvel Comics is I'm not buying them until something is collected and people rave about it. Like if somebody says, oh, no, that was a great run. I'll wait for it to go on sale right. and I'll grab it digitally. Here's a recommendation. The new She-Hulk series. Yeah? Great. Who's, who is it? Uh, the uh, the writer is, I think her name is Rain. Is it Rainbow Rowell? Okay. And, I think I've heard of that. Yeah, and uh, the artist, uh, what, right here, it's, uh, artist is, for a while it's been uh, Miyazawa, somebody else came in, but Rainbow Rowell is, is the writer on it. And it's it's very much in the style of the Burn stuff, and it's it's focusing on her being super smart and being a lawyer and having having a personal life along with being, being a superhero and a long-term romance with Jack of Hearts. Okay, it was great because I love Jack of Hearts. They oh, were yeah. underrated characters, and they I give. Said, I wondered who did. <laughs> yeah, and they give great stuff to do. It and there's I think two trades out now, so definitely recommended. All right, good to know because I'm always looking for something good, um, but I'll try stuff if the sale is low enough. Like Marvel will not drop their prices like DC will. Yeah, you'll give you a chance. Marvel goes, yeah, we're still going to nail you for at least five to ten bucks for this even though it's on sale like guys ah come on help help a guy out will you um so, so while we're deep diving into the mcu as i've been doing this big rewatch the thing that's been impressing me most is and the, the first the first uh few movies i've seen multiple times by now but i'm still sure. find, i'm still finding new stuff that i've yep. missed yep in the first in the first iron man i never noticed this Whenever Tony, when they're Tony's in Vegas playing craps when they're trying to give him the award at the very beginning, there's like lounge Vegasy music playing. It's a lounge version of the Iron Man cartoon theme from the '60s. Wow, that I love that crap. And then, and then later on, whenever he calls Rhodes on his cell phone, on Rhodes's phone, his ringtone is the '60s Iron Man theme song. <laughs> Never noticed that in the first Guardians. Whenever they first arrest all four of them, and they're they're the 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 two cops are like kind of like explaining who everybody is, and all the data appears on screen. Yeah, Rocket's name is listed as the ID number that the High Evolutionary gave him in Volume Three. See, that's smart. I yeah. I, I love that crap. Like the the, the most recent one. And this one this one uh, just really rocked me. Uh, I was just watching Civil War again, and there's that moment. When uh, uh, Baron Zemo shows Stark the video of of the Winter Soldier killing his parents, yeah, but they zoom in close and there's no sound in the video, so you have to read his lips. But whenever the car crashes, Bucky goes over there and pulls Howard Stark out to kill him. Howard looks up at him and recognizes him and goes, "Sergeant Barnes." 
because of course he would recognize him. They were wow. throughout the war together. That's his friend. Yeah. And I never picked up on that before. They actually called him by name, Sergeant Barnes. Like, oh. I'm going to pay attention now when I watch. You know, Civil War, Winter Soldier, they're so rewatchable. They're oh, so – because now they're showing them on TV. So if you – you know, if they have Endgame on or Infinity War, you go, uh, am I in the mood for this? Because it's very – it breaks your heart. It's you yeah. know very emotional. That's a heavy, heavy two movies. I, I think Infinity War is great. I think I've only seen it twice for that very reason. And right. I'm looking forward to now. And as I'm building toward, it, I'm looking forward to getting there. But that, but the, it's not said where if I'm flipping channels, I'll stay. But if Winter Soldier or Civil War is on, I'll stay. Got it. I got it. I mean, the introduction of Spidey and the the I you know. Uh, Tony coming to see him in the apartment and all of that, like the dialogue, I'm sitting there watching it and I'm remembering, wow, this is the first time we see Spider-Man. And this, I feel like, yeah. oh, I'm so excited. I love it. I still, I still grip Mikey's hand and get excited like a little kid when they do the da 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 Things that are part of who I am. I'm like, the world is seeing. Yeah. You know, it's like if they play a deeper cut of, of Harry Chapin on the radio. I'm like, everybody shut up and listen. Yeah. You know, you're not playing Cats in the Cradle, which I still get the, the joy from. But everybody knows Cats in the Cradle. You give me Taxi or WLD. I'm like, shut up and listen to this. Yeah. This is me. You're here. So when I see that logo, same thing with DC. Yeah. I'm like, but like oh. With in in uh, Winter Soldier, there's that great moment whenever uh, Rumlow comes in and orders them to, to to launch the ships, and that one little little nerdy guy's like, "Can't do it, Captain's orders." Captain's orders guy comes back in Avengers too. Really? Whenever 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 um, uh, Nick Fury shows up with the helicarrier to get everybody off Sokovia, Captain's orders guy is the guy flying the ship. Nice. See, yeah, and like, and like the 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 Jasper Sitwell, the 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 sure. hydrator, he's he's in those movies as far back as I, I think in Thor. Yeah, yeah, he is, and the, and you see him again in small parts, but it's always the same guy. I that's I mean that, and I again I I we talked about this, but the night that we went and saw Winter Soldier, we came home in time to watch the episode of Shield that ties into it. Yeah. And it was the payoff for that season. And we went, wow, this, this was well done. That was, we were lucky to watch it in, in real time. And yeah. go, Oh, repercussions. Holy crap. Yeah. Shield is Hydra. Blah, you know, uh, Oh, here's a story. You'll appreciate this. So when we went to Chiller a couple weeks ago, besides seeing Mark Lynn Baker, we saw Harrison Page, who was Captain Trunk and Sledgehammer. Okay. Which I he was the reason I wanted to go. I mean, there's sometimes we go to see people because they're a must. If Richard Dean Anderson is somewhere that I can go to, oh, I'm seeing that. I'm going there. When Mike Nesmith was alive, obviously we went to Chiller to see him. And, you know, but they had um um <laughs> they had a they always have a wide range. They have classic actors. They have actors that are active now that are just their movie just came out. So you're not getting 
people who haven't acted. You're getting everybody. Um, we saw the Chips guys were there, Eric Estrada and Larry Wilcox and um, the captain, Robert Pine. Yeah. Chris, Chris, Pine, Chris Pine's dad. Which I, as we're in line to see him, I turned to the kids. I said, you know, Chris Pine, yeah, this is his dad. They went, oh, like, yeah. So, but I, I went and talked to Larry Wilcox and Robert Pine because they were both on MacGyver episodes. So instead of talking about chips, which everybody knows, yeah. I'm like, no, no, no. We're going to discuss MacGyver because you you got the MacGyver guy who's going to appreciate what you did. And they were impressed that, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Okay. But Robert Pine is always working. As a matter of fact, he's telling us about a show he's on right now. He's like, you got to go home and check this out. I'm like, okay, sir. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> and who else was there? We didn't go to see him because you got limited time. You also have limited money. Right. Um, you can't get a picture with everybody. Um, uh, from Lethal Weapon, Danny Glover. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, he was there. He, you know, big line for him, and that's nice. Uh, Webster was there, Jenny Garth. Um, but again, you got to pick who you're going to see. And so I went to go see Harrison Page, and he loved the fact that, like, I appreciated him and the family. That, like, your kids watch Sledgehammer? I'm like, you're darn right they do. He's like, this was worth the trip alone to see you guys. And we thought, you know what? I'm going to go see um, Peter Billingsley. Peter Billingsley, as you know, is Messy Marvin. Yeah. He's Ralphie from Christmas Story because they had the kids and from the Christmas Story. More importantly, Story. he's not Tony Stark. <laughs> right? Right? Which is, I knew you would get that connection. Yeah. So, and not everybody realizes that that's him. He's yeah. got the shaved head. He's, you know, but he's got those bright blue eyes that you could see from space. Yeah. Well, he also is a mutual friend of mine, Holly Fields, who's an actress and voice actress and was on MacGyver and Quantum Leap. And she's become a friend of me. So we had talked about him and a conversation that he had on the MacGyver podcast. I edited it out because it was more of a private conversation, but point is they knew each other. So I thought while we're there, it's him and a bunch of the kids from a Christmas story. I'll go say hi. <clears throat> we don't know where he is. We're walking around. We're walking down a hallway where if you go into that room, you could see that person, a couple people in that room. There's some model of um, toys or whatever in that room. All right. And then we go down to the end of the hall where there's nobody, but I'm being curious. So I just keep walking. Worst thing that's going to happen is I'm going to find a dead hallway. Right. We turn. And by the way, it's hot as can be because the air conditioning only works in certain rooms. So we go down and we're like, oh, it seems like there's people at the end of this longer hallway away from everybody. We walk in and there's the table. And I see a bunch of the kids from A Christmas Story. I'll get to them. I'll say hi to them. Um, but I thought, all right, first and foremost, we're in the room where Peter Billingsley is. And I don't know if you, I'm sure you know this. The whole point is to go up, shoot the bull with someone. You get maybe, if you're a logical, reasonable person, five minutes. 
Right. And then you don't want to be too greedy. Right. Even if there's not anybody behind you, five minutes. You don't want to be a lingerer. Exactly. And I've seen those at anything I've been at. And you're like, dude, walk away. So you walk up, you shoot the bull. If you want a picture signed or something signed, or if you want to get a picture at the table, you could. They, they'll do the more expensive ones with the blue screen behind you or whatever. Right. You want at, say, 2 o'clock. You go, uh, go to this room at 2 o'clock if you want. But you still can get a picture at the table. You pay him 40 bucks. Yeah. That's reasonable. That's fine. We did it with, with Mark Lynn Baker and Harrison Page yeah. and Larry Wilcox. So I walk up and there's a guy sitting there counting money or whatever, looking at his phone. I don't know what he was doing. But I walk up. I said, excuse me. Peter around? Is this where he's got? Yeah, yeah, that's him right there behind that curtain. Behind the curtain? Okay. What, what? Why? He's doing a signing. So I think in my head, it's a private signing. It's something special. He'll be out. I yeah. said, oh, okay. I'll just, I want to say hi. We just wanted to say hi to him. Um, we'll wait. Oh, no, 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 no. The guy says, you have to buy something in order to see him. Um, what? Yeah, the look, here's our price range. And you have to buy a picture. You cannot gaze your eyes upon Peter Billingsley. That's weird. Unless, oh, it gets worse. Unless you buy something for him to sign. And, oh, he's not doing pictures at the table. Oh, no, 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 no. You have to go get the professional picture done at three o'clock. And I look down at the prices and a picture to just get signed, $88 to start with. That's the lowest price. See, I mean, the thing is, I'm super sympathetic of guys who do do the do, do the, the this kind of convention circuit because they're working. They're there to earn. And I get that. But that kind of barrier on it, all it does is kind of create it, 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 it creates a resistance, it creates a resentment. And that's what he got. Who the heck do you think you are? I mean, the other guys from the from the movie are sitting there like this because they know that's hurting them. Yeah. Because you just disgusted everybody who came to see you because you're a greedy SOB. You know how much it was to get a professional picture done? Three hundred dollars that's crazy we laughed and said no thanks ming ming and we left we laughed out loud because of your ming ming your messy marvin i'm in a room with mike nesmith and richard dean anderson I mean, the only time i've ever done like a, one of those professional photo op photos was with christopher eccleston at, right. at, at a couple of years ago at, at Galfrey. It was nowhere near that price. No, and there's no reason. No, and Echo, like Eccleston's only American show he'd ever done. He he had never he'd never even done a Who convention before. Right. He was a great guy, and even when I was in there, he, he took his time when I, for the for the photo op. He was great, and it wasn't it was not remotely three bill. No, 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 no. Because I I told you, uh, Mike Nesmith coincidentally and Richard Dean Anderson said, I'm doing this because I need at least five minutes with every person. Don't rush me. Uh, do not take advantage of the price. 
And Mike Nesmith said, the money that I make, or not Mike Nesmith, uh, Richard Dean Anderson said, the money that I make, other than what you have to pay the handlers, I want you to take my portion of it, give it to charity. I'll give you, I'll tell you what charity, but give that money to them. So he and Mike Nesmith were very much about you. Yeah. They realized that people are coming to see them to tell them how much they love them. You know, <clears throat> it's a great gig. You get to give your money to what you want. So the idea of Peter Billingsley. Yeah. And and you could tell everybody else was like this at the table. Because yeah. we were so disgusted, we left. And afterwards thought, oh, you know what? I probably could have talked to whoever. Vargas or whatever. Yeah. 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 And, and he, if you'd been sitting at that long table with them, you put him at the right side by as the anchor. People would they would have all four of those guys. <laughs> by the way, if you if you gotta be mercenary about it, if you're the four guys, kick a piece of your money down to him to be the anchor for you. Everybody a high tide still raises all boats. You're exactly behind a curtain like that. Oh instead he ruined it for everybody. And as a matter of fact, years ago I had met um what's his name? Flip, right? The the guy who is also in the toy. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I had met him twice without intending to. He was there because what he does on the side is he has or had a um sports store. I was gonna say I've I've accidentally met him two or three times too because the sports card stuff around around right in the last twenty years, yeah. And and so I was standing there and talking to a couple of the people from the Bad News Bears. Well, he was their guy to arrange it. I guess through his sports store. So he's standing there. Well, he's right in front of me. I recognize him. I'm with my little boy who had just started to watch the, the Christmas story. I didn't make a big deal out of it. I just turned and said, Oh, Hey, how you doing? That's what I said. There was nothing more. There was nothing less. And he goes, hi, I'm not here for that. What? You're not here for a greeting. All right. Yeah, I, I'm not here. I'm not here. You're not a human. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was comical. He goes, I'm, I'm here for them. Good. Good. Good for you. I'm just saying hello to you. And and he goes, oh, all right. Cause I'm not here for, you know, Christmas story and the toy and everything. You're not here for your benefit. You're here for them is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying hi to you. I don't want anything from you. Oh, and we walked away. And then a couple of years later, same thing. Saw him again, bumped into him. I said, oh, hey, how are you? Hi. Hi. I said, relax. I've met you before. He's like, oh, okay. Like, how you doing? All right, good. And I walked away and I thought, get over yourself, dude. Come on. You know, but you know who is great at convention signings and dealing with fans and handling that whole thing? And clearly it's, it's like, you know, it's something he's, yeah, he's there to earn, but he just handles it perfectly. Is Sam Jones? Flash sure. sure, sure. He was on Star. I saw him on a show, and um, man, he uh, it just he's just so so eager to talk to fans and like so approachable, and like you know, you know it's like everything else. You're paying for an autograph, 
but he's smart about what he's got there. And if you come up with your own stuff, you pay a slightly a little bit less for an autograph, whatever. I'm never gonna I'm never gonna be mad about that because that's what they're there for. They're earning. I get it. Well, I that depends on the individual. They're not not everybody's there to earn, but they do have to pay their people. Yeah, you're paying your expenses. Yeah, right. But the people who I admire the most don't need the money, but are there for you. But you're right. Almost everybody that I've ever met at these things have been wonderful. They're they're kind. They're human. Uh, the only one <laughs> who was not happy to be there and did not appreciate people being there to talk to him was uh, the guy from Seinfeld who was Elaine's boss, Jay Peterman. Jay Peterman. Really? Gabe, it was, it was, yeah, it was almost comical because again, we didn't have to walk up to him at all. Like they had the soup Nazi there who was trying to squeeze as much out of you as he yeah. could. He's a bit of a mercenary. You want to buy, you want to buy a ladle? I got a ladle. I'll <laughs> sign it for you. I'm like, no, dude, you're lucky I'm talking to you. Yeah. But then at another convention, we walked by and there's the guy who's Jay Peterman and has done a lot of stuff. He used to yeah. host the game show and everything. So <clears throat> we see him and he's like this. He's just like, no, it was one fist. It was like, oh, ho, ho. He didn't look happy. He looked bored. So I thought, all right, he nobody's talking to him. Let's go over and say hi. Make it worth his while. I walk out, I go, hi. He looks up. He's like, bye. How's it got? You having a good day? It's all right. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, and I'm like trying to talk to him, but he just did not care. I felt like I was bothering him. I said, look, kids, he did the voice of this character that you know. And, you know, and we walked away just going like, wow, yeah. dude, don't bother then. Because you got happy people trying to tell you nice things about you. Because well, it's, 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 it's a, it's a two-edged sword. The one thing, yes, they're, they're, they're there to earn. But you also, they, it needs to be understanding. You're also on stage. And this is thing don't, I'm saying. You don't need to perform. You don't need to sing. You, you don't need to be my dancing monkey. But you need to be actively engaged and ready to talk to people. Otherwise, why even be there? I, I said to um, many people, but I think I, I had said it to Richard Dean Anderson. I said, I appreciate because at the end, the first time I met him years ago, at the end of it, I was there the whole weekend. So I saw him each day. And when it was over, I happened to be there and he came over to talk to the, the person who's in charge of his website and I'd become friends with, and we spent the weekend just hanging around together. He comes over and he talks to us and it was really cool because he really is just the nicest, sweetest guy to everybody. But he also felt safe with us. Like we're not after him because he's MacGyver and whatever. We just like him and appreciate him. He had a headache though. He goes, he said to her, I guess they were supposed to go talk or whatever. He goes, can, I, can we do this another time? I got a massive headache. It's it's bad. And he turns to me, I said, I completely understand it because you have to be on. Mm -hmm. You are on. You are, like you said, attentive and giving your all to everybody. You you make sure everybody feels special. And I love that about you. So now that's your body saying, enough. And he's like, yeah, you get it. And he goes, you got you to gotta always remember. And he points to my shirt that said, 
what would MacGyver do? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you could tell like he was. Well, I mean, it, it's funny the difference in, in shows. Like if I do com, when I got Comic Con or WonderCon and I have a signing, that's like an hour out of, or two out of like a full day, and I'm doing other stuff. So it's still a big deal. It's easy. But <laughs> on the rare occasions when I'll do a Star Trek, the Star Trek convention in Vegas, where I'm actually working at a table signing all day. That's where you've got to be on all day. And that you, people don't, don't understand when you say it's work because, you know, I'm not digging a ditch, obviously, but right. I'm still actively engaged and talking to people and trying to make sure that when they walk away from the table, they had a good experience. And it, 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 it's absolutely draining. It's, 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 it's work. I know it. I, I mean, that's why I always tell people, I appreciate what you do. You're here. And by the way, those chiller conventions, for example, they're there for three days. Yeah. From 10 till 7. Yeah, no, it's a it's a full pull. Nez, um, last time I saw him, I I happened to run into the girl that was sitting with them. And I said, Oh, you got a little break? He she goes, Yeah. Nez went to go up and have a nap. Yeah. And and he had said, he goes, Yeah, I take daily naps now just because I'm on and you need to let your body relax yeah no totally um but yeah i mean 99.9 percent .9 of any interaction i've had with anybody who's in the spotlight uh to whatever degree they're wonderful yeah they're good people and they they're deserving of all that they have and when you get that rare guy yeah you know no, I mean it, it, it's pretty cool. I've 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 been a, a professional nerd going on like thirty years now, and I can count on one hand the bad number of bad experiences I had on either side. So I mean that's that's pretty good odds. I mean most you, you find for the most part between both fans and like the guys who are like professionals doing stuff, everyone's trying to just make sure everyone has a good time and get through the day. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, that reminds me. I wanted to ask you uh, on a on a comic book level. How'd your mirror war go? Oh, the series went great. Yeah. Yeah, the really super well received. Sales were really good. Yeah, I was real, really happy with it. I was, I was really happy the way it came out. I have to catch up because again, I'm trying to read them in the order that you told me before yeah. the crossovers before we get to Mirror War. Yeah. So that way I could just dive right into it and, and yeah. get in big clumps. Ah, really good. And also just for a, a bit of uh of crass commercialism. <laughs> The newest, the, the newest book release out right now, uh, IDW is going back and doing a full catalog release of all their Star Trek work. Yeah. And so this is the second volume, just came out about a month ago. And one of my favorite next-gen stories I wrote, Intelligence Gathering, is now back in print in that one. So that's, okay. out, that's out in the shops right now. I was going to ask, like, what, what's the latest with you, what's coming out? Um, this year, I'm, I, right now, I got some things in the, the Irons and the Fire, but nothing I can talk about yet. Right, right, right. Because again, I'm always checking your page to go, what can I forward to the, you know, the site <laughs> and kind of get more eyes on it for you? And I thought, all right, let me check in with you on that. Um, I haven't watched the third season of Picard yet. Oh, dude. <laughs> you have no idea what you're in for. <laughs> you have no idea. But I love it. You have no idea how good that third season is. I'm going to get to it soon. I'm at... It's uh, it, it 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 restored my faith in 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 Star Trek television. Okay. Not that, not that I mean I really like the last season of um, uh, 
or the first season of Strange New Worlds. I thought that, I thought Strange New Worlds was great. I love the new I love the new Pike. I love the, uh, the new Spock is great. I hear good things, but third season of Picard, it's 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 next generation season eight. That's what they said. That's what the, it's it's the way that if you're gonna bring the, you know if you want people to have new stuff, you better do that. And, and, and that's what they need to do for Stargate. And it's the finale movie that Next Gen deserved and didn't get. Okay. Because that last the last Next Gen movie, Nemesis, mm-hmm. was directed by a guy who not just did not like Star Trek and didn't care about it, and it showed. And then no, this this Picard season three undoes everything that was wrong about that, gives the entire crew the proper send-off they deserve while still keeping a focus on Picard since sure. the show. It's uh, I can't say enough good things about it. It's it's amazing. Well, my uh, my wife was always before I came along. Star Trek: Next Generation was her favorite show until like I introduced her to Stargate. But she always talks about it, and, and we were talking about how it, it's tough for me to go back and just randomly watch a Next Generation because of the way it was filmed. You know. Very static, three camera kind of mm-hmm. thing, where you see the new Picard or the new Star Trek, where it's much more of the time. The yeah. you know, uh, the light flat, like the the lighting is better, and it doesn't feel like you're on a sound stage and whatever. Um, well, I watched the first two seasons of Picard, and I love the little cameo with your name on it. I was so <laughs> free. You lucky son of a bitch! You're yeah. you're in there. My my, um, Twitter, my Twitter melted down that morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh sure, um, but and tell me what you think. It felt like it each season kind of dragged a little bit. Like the premise was great. Like let's use second season for example. Oh crap! You're gone back in time. That sounds great. You got alternate timelines. That sounds great. But then it kind of went off on its own weird thing. Yeah, there's that, that, I mean, it's it's interesting. I think a lot of season one and two, and I, I have no inside knowledge. This is just from watching it and reading stuff in interviews and this and that. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was a concerted effort to make those first two seasons be Picard-centric, but not so much like Next Gen. And I think in, in the course of doing that, some of the pacing suffered. I think there was a little bit of meandering in the in the, the in the storytelling as they're not quite knowing where they wanted to go. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. I think second season is better than first season, but nothing compares to third season. <laughs> That's what I hear. That's what I hear. So I, mean, I might go. I might go back and also because I've got a lot, I got a lot of vacation time this month for the holidays. Mm-hmm. I might go back and do a rewatch of season three again too. Well, it was funny because somebody was going on about. You know, when, when it premiered, they're like, season three is so good. And I said, oh, good. I'm almost done with season two. And they're like, no, yeah. you don't have to watch the rest of season two. Just get to season three. <laughs> I'm like, all right, relax. I'll, you know, I have two episodes left. And, and again, it's not my original point of, of bringing up shows was there's a lot of shows I want to watch. There's a lot. And they're there. And I'm at the point where I, not only do I have to be in the mood for something, I have to remember what it was. Yeah. Like we're, we're, 
We're so blessed that I'm like, oh crap, I did enjoy that show. I gotta go back to it. Like I didn't I have to watch the rest of the Titans, even though there's so many freaking like the vulgarity of it is so stupid and childish. It's still Titans. I still gotta yeah. watch it. I yeah. still have to go back and watch um Doom Patrol. Yeah. You I know, still I've like I think a uh, a half season of Brave and the Bold, I need to go back and catch up that I never watched. I love that series, the animated series. Did you? Yeah, oh, that series is fantastic. So much fun, but still heart when it needs to, and super, super reverent of the classic DC comics of the Silver Age. Right. Well, see, and there's the difference. I can appreciate it now in hindsight, but when it was out, I was infuriated. Because yeah, because you're on the tales of Batman animated series. Thank you. No. I, I did. I I didn't get to appreciate it until it, until it had been on for a couple of years. And then I realized the genius of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's the thing. And I can go back and appreciate it now because it didn't destroy the memories of yeah great series. Same thing. Like um, I started showing the kids episodes of Beware the Batman. Yeah, that would that would, that one was a harder sell for me just because it was so different, and they they made such a such a concerted effort. To not use the classic rogues. Right. However, <clears throat> they also didn't let all the episodes air. Yeah. They yanked that before it really began because, oh, guns or whatever the reason was. Um, But they were showing late night. I recorded it. Even now I have a fire stick, so I don't need to worry about it. But at the time I was like, they're showing the episodes that never aired at like midnight on Toonami. <laughs> Yeah. You know, boom, 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 boom. So there's no break in my recording. I just went to sleep one night and knew it was going to be over at six in the morning. So I got up at six and turned off the recorder. But I have a disc full of those episodes. They're great. Not everybody knows that, though, because unless you've either bought the disc or took the effort to watch them on a fire stick, they tie together and set up what was going to be next. Like that first season was what you said. They're not using the classic robes. They're going a different way. They're bringing in Katana, you know. Yeah. But visually, it was exciting. The angles they used were very dynamic, and the story was very smart. And you couldn't predict what was going to happen. But they all wrapped it up in the end. And then what was going to happen was going to be closer to the Batman that we all know with the robes and bringing that type of thing. But just like with the Justice League action, yeah, that was excellent, but got yanked before it even began. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I think most of the second season barely aired once. Of what Justice League action? Yeah, I didn't even know there was a second season. Yeah, because they they decided we're going to put this on at three o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. Yeah. Why aren't people watching it? Well, yeah, let me yeah. say. I, I I picked up both seasons on disc. Me too. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't even think Justice League Action is on Max. Really? Well, well, don't, don't get me started on Max. 10, 15 minutes long? Is that what they They were just very short. Yeah, 15, yeah, 15, 15 minute episodes. So you're getting like two episodes in a half hour. Yeah. And I think it was two seasons of 22. They were so good. Like the They're one with Batman and... and, and and Blue Beetle going back in time and watching Batman on his first night out. Yeah. And then, right? There's a one that's all Mark Hamill characters. Yes! And he's, he's the Joker. 
He's the trickster, and he's himself. Yeah, and I think Swamp Thing too. Swamp Thing too. Yeah. I thought, wow, that. Yeah. See, yeah. I love that crap. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I. I don't understand the mentality of these people that are in charge. Why would you make something so good and then bury it? Well, that's the thing. That the problem is those are two different people. There's people who make it and the people who decide where it runs. Right. That's that's what's right. And then, well, I mean that that goes right back to what we were talking about with the W with Warner Brothers and and their new insane boss who just decides, hey, here's a completed movie. Let's not show it for tax reasons. Right. I was so happy that the Coyote versus Acme thing really came back to bite him on that one. What happened? Okay, so don't first he, with with Batgirl in that Scooby Doo movie, and they were they were both almost done, and he he burned them. They'll never be shown to the, for the tax write off. Right. There's a completed movie called Coyote versus Acme, where where the wily Coyote sues Acme because all the junks never works and he keeps getting hurt. It's based on this hilarious New Yorker article, and it's completed and it's it's done Roger Rabbit style with with uh, human actors and and cartoon characters together. John Cena plays the head of Acme that Wiley County is is going into court against. This thing has crazy good uh, ratings as far as previews, and it's completely done. And the head of Warner Brothers said, "You know what? Yeah, we don't want to spend the money to promote it, and it's not where we want to go. So we're also going to shelf this one." And just take the tax write off on it. And the story got out, and people, with this one, there had been enough um, preview screenings that people knew it was a good movie. And, and over the weekend, all these uh, all these people are coming out on, on social media saying, Why would anybody work for Warner Brothers now, knowing they could do this to you at any minute and pull the rug out from one of your projects? Over the weekend, apparently a host of directors and, and actor-producers canceled all their meetings with Warner Brothers. Saying, we're not going to work with you anymore. Why would we? Why would we take the risk? Monday, he comes back, oh, you know, we've decided instead to open this up and see if uh, other producers would like to buy it. So now it's either going to be Netflix or Amazon Prime. Somebody's going to buy distribution thing and get it out there so it can be seen. So the the that one movie will get seen the Wiley Coyote. Coyote will. Unfortunately, Batgirl, I think they that has legitimately been like destroyed, which also maddening. That's what they said. Yeah, I I read or saw a video where the the guy was like, I went back to get it. I went back to snag it before you know, and they already had deleted it. Every yeah. like deleted it. Yeah. Holy crap! Yeah. Like you know the 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 Firefly didn't look good in the. The shot that I saw, but I mean, Brendan Fraser, I, I really would really love to see what he would have done with it. Me too. But I mean, the mask itself again. It's, yeah. It's oh, before I mean, the Mark movie's like completed. A really dynamic looking character visually, so I didn't really care what they did with him visually, sure. as long as. But if, if there was just some some good some good character stuff there, but yeah, actors yeah. Act, is now going to most likely going to be on. I think Amazon Prime. Well, that's good. I, yeah. Oh, I I don't understand the mentality of these people. Like like besides, okay, it's maybe it's not your thing, but it's your company and it's your studio that you're working for, and the freaking thing's already made. It's yeah, it's such short term thinking. If you don't want, say you don't want to promote it and spend the thirty million dollars on promotion for theatrical, fine, put it on your streamer and it lives forever and makes you money. Exactly. See, that's exactly yeah. Okay, they're like, well, Batgirl, you know, it's not even part of this new DCU that we're doing. 
it doesn't matter. Multiverse, you've already made the general public aware of. So not everything has to tie in. You can just enjoy a movie or see yeah. a TV series and just in, let it go. Well, what, what, what's particularly uh, bad about Acme vs. Coyote is that when he did that, when he pulled that stunt with Batgirl and with Scooby-Doo, he went at, at a point of like talking to all their creative partners. This is a one-time thing because of the situation we're in with the merger. This is not something we would ever do normally. Don't worry about your projects. This will never happen again. And then he did it again with Acme versus Coyote. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I only heard a little bit of the Scooby Doo thing. Is that that's that one got that one got tra got completely completely wiped too. And it was it was all done except for I think it needed to be scored. They hadn't they hadn't done the orchestra score yet. What was the premise? I forget what what that one was. I think I think it might have been a Halloween movie or a, or a holiday movie, maybe live action. No, it was fully animated. Why would you get rid of it? Yeah, I don't understand. They're cranking out Scooby Doo DVD movies all the time. Did, and they're did, did they're technically good too. Yeah. Do, do do we talk? Do we talk about the Zombie Island? Yeah, and the one with the one with Blue Falcon was great. That was great. Yeah. I own that one. Yeah. I got that one on my digital library, whatever. I'm like, yeah, that was surprising. The only problem I had with that one was. They make Scooby be the voice of reason for Shaggy. Yeah, that is the word. <laughs> right? He gives this big speech. No, no, no. You, 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 you're not a. You're not deep. Yeah. You're not the one who's going to make that speech with him. That was the <laughs> only problem I had with it. The rest I thought was great. You know, it was visually fantastic, and I enjoyed the origin story, and you know. Yeah. Did you watch the one the Scooby Two series? That they had on where they would bring in a like the old uh yeah well, those were great they they were great i mean yeah. some of their choices i don't know what the heck they were thinking there's one with my buddy harlan on it what is it there's one with harlan ellison as a guest star really yeah it was great it was like a, it was like i think it was like a, de a detective club meeting and somehow harlan was involved it was really fun See, and they did one with Urkel, but they did it well because nobody liked Urkel. It wasn't like, oh, come on and join the game. They're like, oh, crap. Nah, Urkel's with Because I remember as a kid, there's that one season of the Scooby Doo movies that were all guest stars. Yeah. And it was so weird. Like, you know, I, I always turn on just in case it was the Batman one. It never was. Instead, it'd be Sandy Duncan or Mama Cass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but you know what? Through that, I, I got to learn who these people were. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't realize at the time Davy Jones did one, and this is years before I knew who the yeah. monkeys were. Well, this is something I talk about a lot with people where they talk about um, how uh, kids today don't know don't know certain rec topical references from like 30 or 40 years ago. And like, well, the difference was when we were kids, there were only three channels. Right. And so most of what was on TV, if it wasn't new, was stuff from the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Yep. And so that's how you learned everything. I mean, I got to know who like Bogart was or who or or who uh, Peter Lorre was from Looney. watching Looney Tunes. Yep. You know, or I I, I knew about uh, Ralph uh, or uh, Jackie Gleason before I ever saw the Honeymooners because of the mouse version. Because there's yep. that mouse version of the Honeymooners from Warner Brothers. Yep. And that's where you you pick up your knowledge of pop culture through osmosis. That and the Muppet Show. Yeah. And Sesame Street. They would bring yeah. in. I mean, I, I I'll James Taylor's singing up on the roof on top of one of the buildings. Yeah. I, and I'm like, oh, I like this song. And oh, okay, so I'm going to remember who this guy is. Who's that guy? Paul Simon? Yeah, I like him too. 
Yeah. Yeah. We're, wow. Meanwhile, there's other people who you would never see again. Like uh, uh, we talked about this. The, who was the first guest on The Muppet Show? Because they filmed in England. Oh, God. First one. I forget. It was definitely. I it mean, was an obscure actor or actress who you went, okay, I don't, I haven't seen them before or since, but yeah. especially at that the, moment, they were something. Well, there's a lot of that. Right? Yeah. And I only found out probably from talking to you or shortly before that they filmed in England. Yeah. I'm like, oh, well, that would explain a lot, wouldn't it? You know, all, I still I'm still going through all my all four seasons of those on Disney Plus now. It's great just having those at my fingertips. Yeah, I have to make a um, a point to do that. But again, it's it's we're using the Fire Stick, and the the kids and I did go through a a phase of watching the new Muppet Show, and so I started showing them the classic Muppet Show. Yeah. Like I'm talking about the new Muppet Show. That's great. Of um um. The, like it's almost like the office yeah yeah no, that, that was fun i, I loved that. it and there's there's great moments that that we still reference mm -hmm. you know and now i guess i didn't get to see muppet mayhem yeah that was good it was, was fun it? i'll check yeah. it out because and they're not the, making another season yeah and then the, the the their halloween special last year with the haunted mansion that was great okay i was curious i i didn't know really to dive into that yeah oh did I tell you we finally watched? Um, yeah, I must have. I'm sure we talked since then. We finally watched Christmas Carol, Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, I understand why it's such a classic. It yeah. uh, the what was the what's the joke that they said? Uh, Michael Caine said, "I'm going to play it serious." Yeah, serious, and that's what sells it. Yeah, he no, he the the the, the he is he's he's playing Scrooge like he's playing an opposite opposite a, a normal cast. He yeah. doesn't he doesn't he doesn't go light or funny at all. And that's what makes it work. Beautiful, and it's so that there's that part that always you know, it really it makes you cry. I'm like, holy crap! And man, Paul Williams music, always always no one, Paul Williams. No one wrote better music for the Muppets. I'm telling you, well, so we talked about it, but I play it every couple weeks if i get on my youtube the it's a sad song that you yeah oh yeah that's so good oh it's so powerful it's better than the recorded version yes yeah. you know what i mean the album version yeah yeah because it, it's got their harmony yeah it's a much better condensed version it's got that great build and then in, in the end he's just like yeah and ralph and ralph is like and puts the that's piano thing down. That's one of two Muppet clips I always go back to. That one, and then the one with Linda Ronstadt. The Linda uh, Ronstadt, there's a Linda Ronstadt Kermit the Frog duet at the end of her episode. I've and, and again with all the Muppets coming in to, to sing the harmonies, and then Linda Ronstadt just blows the roof off the joint with her voice. It's amazing. And you, and also, you watch that and you realize, okay, this is why everybody in the world was in love with Linda Ronstadt in 1970. Oh, sure. That yeah. that pure power and yeah, and just, you know, she's just gorgeous in that voice, and, you know. But you know, what drives me nuts. They didn't use her correctly in her record career. Like every song you hear, it's her doing a remake of a Everly Brothers or Roy Orbison song. Yeah, I'm like, he was too good to waste. Let her sing her own stuff. I yeah. mean, she did, but it she didn't did. get promoted like it should have. Yeah. Go 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 back to the to Disney Plus and pull up that Linda Ronstadt episode. It's great. Well, who's another one? I, I always watch the the ones with, with Williams because him singing 
just an old fashioned love song. And the, the other coming out. And it's one, and then it's two, and yeah. you know, and then it's everybody joining in, and then they all go back in just on the last note, and it closes. Yeah, that's great. And then, um, uh, of course, what's his face, uh, doing the 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 African song with the yeah, tribe. The Belafonte episode, yeah, that yes. was that's a great. I'm telling oh, you, that's amazing. They're so rewatchable. Yeah, and um, go check out the Debbie Harry episode too. Oh, listen. When I was a boy, I loved me some Debbie Harry. Deb, Debbie Harry and Kermit do a do a cover of Rainbow Connection. Yes, they do. So good, and and, and she's so adorable in it. Yeah, because she's like, I don't know. What yeah. you <laughs> and as a little boy, I'm like, I just want to hug you. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't have any romantic thoughts about things at the moment, but I just want you to hug me. Can you? Can I just? Yeah. Stay? yeah. That's that's that and Linda Carter. They were the ones that. What would you do if they were with you? I just want them to hold me. That's it. <laughs> Disney has been kind of hit or miss in their use of the Muppets in the theme parks. But okay. the main thing they did last year, I think it was last year, around Christmas time, is uh, at Disneyland here, this bus would come down Main Street like twice a night, and the Muppets would be on the bus. And oh. the, the, the bus would come out, and they would let us sing Christmas Carol. It was so well done. See, I always look at your pictures. And I'm like, you lucky son of a bitch. And, it, you know, of course, you go to Avengers site and everything. I'm like, I want to hear what the latest is there. You, you always take good pictures. I'm like, oh, crap. You got Spider-Man and Ant-Man and yeah, Doctor no, Strange. They just opened up uh, a, an Avengers shop in Avengers Campus that's inside Avengers HQ. And eventually when they make them, when they open the new crazy e-ticket Avengers ride, that's going to be the, the way out of the ride. Oh, sure. But they went ahead and opened the shop early. And they realized realize from how much money they were making over in Star Wars land selling all the lightsabers. Yeah. So now they sell all the props from the MCU at this store. Oh. So you can go in there and you can you can get the Tesseract. Sure. And then you can get the you can get the 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 uh the red goo from Thor Dark World. And okay. then you, you can get the, the power stone from Guardians. And and uh, as you collect all the gems, and you can get the gauntlet and put them on the gauntlet. They just now released um, Ronan's staff, which we saw again in the Marvels. Which I, get, I need to get that one. And then and the, the quality is super good. They released the Loki Pokey Stick from Avengers. Okay. Loki yeah. Pokey Stick. It, it's uh, the, the the it's really really good stuff. And they got to have have Thor's hammer. But yeah, well, because the, the um, Hasbro puts that stuff out in the in, in for wide release. Yeah, for all the super obscure stuff that it's only at Disneyland. And and um, uh, Black Panther's sister has those gauntlets. Yes, 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 with the tiger, the Panthers on. Yeah, it. and not only do they light up and make a blast, but they've got a motorized recoil. So oh. when they fire off, it's like, oh, really cool man. Yeah, no, I and. Yeah, I'm heading back to the parks next week for my <laughs> Christmas visit. So, sure. do they do like Christmassy stuff? Oh, oh well, the Disney mine for Christmas is just insane. One thing I'm 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 not gonna go this year because I'm still a little bit COVID shy of crowds. Sure, sure. Disneyland has a secret Christmas concert that they don't add, they don't publicize it, and they don't advertise it. It always happens on the first weekend in December, hmm. and. They close the entire front of the park where the where the um, 
train station is. Yeah. That becomes the orchestra pit. Oh. And there's a Christmas tree made up of, of, of choir singers, trumpeters on top of the train station. Choirs from uh, all over California start at the back of the park with candles. Do a candlelight uh, um, carol sing through the park up the front. And then every year is a celebrity narrator who comes in to tell the story of Christmas. Wow. Um, I, in the years past, I've seen, I saw, I saw uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda do it. I saw Chris Pratt do it. I saw Patrick Stewart do it. Dick oh. Van Dyke one year. Gary Sinise was great. And they never announced in advance. So you don't know who it is until you get there. Wow. Yeah. Don't you just freaking love Christmas? Yeah. Uh, I mean, how, do you, how do you not love Christmas? Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it, I'm so on board. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, now I'm going to go back and start from the beginning with, because I didn't get all the way through Hawkeye uh, when I started it last year. I'm like at episode three or four. And because again, so much to watch. Yeah. And then you, you got to remember what it is that you really wanted to watch. And then some things feel more like a commitment than others. Like I'm trying to get through, I've watched two, two episodes of Follow the House of Usher. I haven't seen that yet. Eh, it's it's by the same guy who did the haunting of Bly House, and it's it's if you're into the long burn, that's fine. The payoff is never really there for me, and it's supposed to, it's based on Edgar Allan Poe, but yeah. it's modern day, and and it just it's it's one of those heavy shows where everybody's horrible, and yet you're supposed to feel bad when they die tragically. Yeah, you know, it's but. So I'm trying to like navigate what do I want to watch and what do I have to watch and what, you know, I don't want to wait too long to watch something, yeah. but I think I'm going to start back. And now that I tell the kids after Halloween, you could start enjoying Christmas stuff. <laughs> I, I, I try and wait until at least December 1st. I used to, I used to. And I just thought, wait a minute, if I could be happy sooner. That's not fair. That's a fair point. Right, I, like, like I, 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 not that I ignore Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving is kind of Christmas warm up for me. Yeah, I did just pick up. They released a new Blu-ray set of all of the Rankin Bass Christmas specials. Oh, in one box set. Wow. So, so that I'm, I'm looking forward to dive into that. I'll do my thing every year. Where I'll dive into all of the Doctor Who Christmas specials, which are all just great, aren't they? You know the 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 what is the one? Um, oh, it's one of the more recent ones with twelve. Uh, the the husbands of River Song. Yeah, that one. Oh. That is such a payoff because that, that goes back that, to the library episode. That last that last scene in that one just breaks your heart. So right? Yeah. Because Doctor Who. Uh, Great that we're segueing into this. Uh, Doctor Who, as you know, to be a fan is to be disappointed. Doctor <laughs> Who has great potential, but they don't give you what you want. You don't get the time travel repercussion sort of, you know, wave of stuff because they do the fixed point thing. This is why I'm so excited about the new season, because the one time for me that wasn't true was whenever Russell T. Davis was on it. That's right. Yeah. The, the Davis gives, gives Doctor Who an emotionality that otherwise it avoids. Right. Not yeah. afraid, but not afraid to be romantic. It's not afraid to be a sentimental. Mm -hmm. And I mean, for me, it's been diminishing returns ever since he left. Right. I, I liked Matt Smith. I thought it got repetitive. 
I always liked the actors. I thought Capaldi sure. was good. Capaldi's great, but his first half of his run is horrible. And then I thought I thought Jody Whitaker was a great doctor, given the, the worst material to work with. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And the fact that they did the whole guess what? There's not just this many doctors. There's trillions. That's, uh, that's like just, just the, I hate that's such a the the cheapest kind of cop out reveal. Yeah. I didn't I didn't dig that. Well, I think they're going to ignore it. Well, what's so smart is bringing back Tennant and and Tate just mm -hmm. for these three. Just to get everybody back inside the tent, and then from there bring in the new guy, genius. And yeah. we're going back to Christmas specials too this year. I love it. We have new Christmas special. I love. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That the River Song episode, they went. I went. Wow, they're actually going back to the script and going. You had a new haircut. You wore a new suit. Da -da -da -da, you know, and then you go. We get to see her whole arc now. Yeah, finally. The only thing I. I hope they do. It'd be great if it were Tennant that did it, even though it probably won't. Have him save her. She's stuck. You know, because her first episode is yeah. technically her last adventure. She's stuck. I, it's funny. I want them to do that, and yet I don't. Right. Because it's that, that her debut episode was such a perfect tragedy. And yet it found a way that they could keep bringing her back without undoing that. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, but now, it, now you've closed it off. Yeah, it's kind of the way if I want Downey's Iron Man for the movies. I hate to see you bring him back because his ending was so perfect for the right. movie. But yeah, for, but as far as Christmas specials go, every year I gotta watch. I gotta go through all the Tenant uh, Christmas specials for sure because every one of those is genius. Agreed, and I mean, you know, Tenant is one of those guys who I can watch in anything and love mm -hmm. because. He, his face is so entertaining and his yeah. emotion is great. So I love that we're getting more of him. I love, I love his love of Dr. Who. Um, I love that they're going to find a way to give us back Donna for a few episodes. Too. How about that? I, I mean, that's again, you're, you're bringing things back. You're going, you know, we're all, we're, we're getting what we love and going back to it. And after the tragedy of that last run, Doctor Who needed it. It really does because it was so bad. It was. I'm, so also, I'm also glad that it's that it's going to be on Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. The budget higher. Well, a the budget is higher, and b that's opening up to an audience who has no idea what Doctor Who is. Yeah. And if there's anybody who's good at selling people who are new to Doctor Who on the idea of Doctor Who, it's Davis. Yeah. Yeah. So the the the, the timing of it all is perfect. And Eccleston was nice, huh? Eccleston was a sweet guy. He was so good. He, I, was, I was so happy. He seems to have finally understood how much his role. I'll tell you, it happened at that show because that was his first convention. He'd never done Doctor Who convention before, and right. he was so he seemed just so shocked that that he because he only did that one year, and the, that his one. He, I don't think he ever really got a sense of what that one season meant to people. And because yeah. by the time I talked to him, he'd been there. It'd been two days. He's, he's like, I've heard nothing but stories about about my about my run. And he's it just he, he he seemed flabbergasted by it. It was great. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, do you know where you're supposed to be? I hope it's true. Getting more eighth doctor. We're, the eighth doctor is going to get his own series. That rumor is going like crazy. I hope it's true. I pray to God it's true because that poor son of a bee. 
I understand he does the audio series, nah, 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 nah. but he never got enough screen time. He and still young enough that he looks good and he looks like the same guy. Well, here's why I think they might do it. And it's funny if you, if you look at like whenever they did a promotional thing for the new doctor and they'll show all the doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They always they did they never show him the way he looked in the Fox movie. They always show him now the way they have him dressed on the audio things in his new suit, looking young and hot. It's like they got to know there's an audience for that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and he's such. I mean, that one little thing he did where it showed him become the war doctor, that was so freaking good, and it was only five minutes long. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's such it's the biggest injustice I would say of the whole Doctor Who universe. This guy needs. He's still here. Yeah, he don't look that different. It's it's like Kelsey Grammer again. He's like the best doctor in the worst. And I wouldn't say that the fucking movie is the worst Doctor Who movie or show. No, not at all. But it was he had the worst run because it was only one movie. Right. So he had, he had the least opportunity to actually really delve into it. Right. I mean, it's so funny when people go, "Oh, the Fox movie, they Americanized it." Blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking, have you paid attention to the original Doctor's runs, like the original? The, the, you had the wall that was shaking behind them, and, he, and it really, you needed to use a lot of your imagination to get through those. You yeah. know what I mean? It's, you, had, you had to help it. Yeah, they couldn't help it. But there was also, obviously, you know, the choices that they made, they would paint themselves into a corner and then just go, um, magic stick, boop, yeah. I'm out of it. And, you know, yeah. and as much as that may have helped them at that moment, in the history of Doctor Who now, you kind of go, I'm frustrated. Like, you know, you have so many loose ends or they just didn't care that now comes back to haunt you when you're watching stuff. You go, no, you yeah. can't just click your fingers and open a lock or, you know. I, I, always, I always tell people because they always, whenever they ask me where, where to start watching or what to watch, I said, look, Doctor Who, it's like a buffet. There's good stuff on there, and there's stuff that's been sitting out too long you don't want to eat. Very nice. But, but you can find the great stuff in every doctor that there's good stuff to get in there and really enjoy. Yep, yep. And and I always have my, say, top five or six that I will recommend for people. You know, you got Blink. Yeah. The library one. Um, um, uh, what's the one? The, the one where they're on the train... 10th Doctor? Midnight. Midnight. I love that. Is such a brilliant piece of film with them yeah. talking at this. I mean, that is done yeah. so well. Um, you got Vincent and the Doctor. Oh, that one, that one's crazy good. Yeah. It's right? Hard. If you don't cry, you have yeah. no heart. Yeah. The, the uh, turn left also. Turn left is That's great. A great one. That's yeah. a great one. The way that all comes together with Bad Wolf just. Whoa! It, it it's it's a great it's a a great shock ending there, and the I mean the Eccleston premiere the Rose that first yeah. episode because that first that, that that one got me back in like crazy because you know all I'd really seen Doctor Who was uh, Tom Baker as a kid, but I watched that first episode of Eccleston. And I'm like, oh, I'm in. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Oh, because he's so charming, he's so yeah. fun. He's got a little bit of an edge to him, but you kind of want to go with them and see what what's going to happen. And 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 uh, Father's Day, Father's Day, Father's Day is great. Right. Oh, of, of the Christmas specials, if you gotta pick out one, sure. The I, I forget the name of it, but the one the one with Kylie Minogue. 
Yes. Oh, I know that one. Uh, Voyage, Voyage of the Darned. Your boy, yeah, that one, man. Yeah. Well, you know, she's counted as a, as a, as a, uh, what do you call it with him? They count her. Yeah. As, yeah. As they, yeah, they should. Yeah. And, but that one really, really, you can just take it out by itself and show it to somebody. Okay, this is what Doctor Who was like. And oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's funny too because he's wearing a tux through the whole thing. He's yeah. not even wearing his outfit. Yeah. Same thing like Blink. He's only in it for two seconds. Yes. <laughs> With the, with the bow and arrow for some reason. <laughs> like, I want to see where that went. I want to see that. <laughs> um, wait a minute. What was I going to tell you about that? Um, oh, what about the great one with um, the governor at, thinking he's the doctor? Oh, that one's really good. Right? That's a Christmas one. That's a, that's one of the best Christmas ones because that was kind of the first time that on the Eccleston and Tennis, they really leaned into the fact that the other doctors were around. Mm-hmm. And there's that moment where you stood, I think it was the first time in the tenant run, they showed video of all the other doctors. Because hmm. you, you see, when he, he gets one of those things from the Cyberman, and you see what brainwashed that guy thinking he was a doctor, and you see all the faces. And they yeah. had never done that on the tenant run before. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's great. Because you, you're like, you don't know what to believe. But also, you kind of like this guy. Like, yeah. you kind of you hope he's a doctor that he you didn't know about. A doctor. Exactly. Like, yeah. wow. It was great because Mikey saw that before I showed him The Walking Dead. Oh, jeez. So we're going through The Walking Dead episodes, and he's past the governor now. He's like, I can't believe that's the same guy who was on Doctor Who. Yeah, very, very different. What's his name? David Morrissey? Yes. Yes. I don't know. can't believe that popped in there. Um. Okay, now I know we got lots to talk about, but I think I should let you go. It's like three and a half hours of us talking. Yeah, cool. Well, we should, we should, we should do another one of these sooner. Let's. Yeah, honest to God, I mean, if you don't mind me being a pest, I'll. I'll well, do I, 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 I love doing this. That's what. What's what? What's what? Well, do, do a holiday edition in December. I, I absolutely. Because you know what? I like what always happens is I'm going to get off with you. I'm going to say bye, and then it's going to. Pop into my head. Oh, you should have mentioned this. Yeah. Just mentioned that. My son will come up to me. And go. Did you talk about this? Or I'm like, no. You so I'm gonna start writing stuff down. Hasbro West Coast Avengers Renaissance. What? We didn't even discuss the Hasbro West Coast Avengers Renaissance. The the toys. Yeah, there's so much West Coast Avengers stuff out there right now. Why? I I think the guys on the guys at Hasbro grew up with the West Coast Avengers and the, the line's been going long enough that they're all right, let's, let's start getting crazy. There's a box set. There is there's Hawkeye on the jet cycle. Oh, which of course I had to buy three of cause I need that. Yes. Double. Yeah. Um, you get, you gave away some of your, your jet cycles in here. No, I gave away the, I gave away the Hawkeyes cause I kept the cycles. Oh, I wish, I wish I caught you sooner. I would have been one of the guys going to give me. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's great stuff coming from Hasbro. I'm actually I'm gonna be doing a, a piece for 13th Dimension about about that in a, in a couple of weeks. So uh, that'll mm-hmm. that'll be clicked around. Uh, today, in fact, over at 13th Dimension, I have a new piece. Every December, 13th Dimension has a a, a, a program called Toy uh, Toy Ham, okay. where it's pieces about vintage toys all all Christmas month. And today, the first one up, it's mine. And it's about the, the Migo Comic Action Heroes line. Okay, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so go check that out. I will. I love that. Oh, it will see now you're just gonna spark me up for our next conversation. I'll be like, okay, all right. I can't because I'm telling you, when when before you even reached out, I was so excited to 
talk with you about anything. And then once you did, I'm like, oh, we got to mention this. We got to talk about that. We got, you know, and then you start formulating in your head the subjects that we barely always scratch the surface, but I guess that's good. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it again this month. All right. <laughs> well, everybody, uh, check out Scott's stuff. Obviously, you can't go wrong with the Star Trek and that great Doctor Who crossover that I love. That that's what got me hooked. I told you that's what got me hooked into both shows. I gave both right. shows a chance. Oh, I love hearing. I love hearing that. Right. It's the truth. I'm like, okay, I because again, with all your stuff, it captures the essence of what it's supposed to be. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Of course. And uh, everybody, you know, click like and subscribe. And there's up at the top of the screen, there's a donate thing if you want to leave a tip. That helps keep the lights on. We're doing this um, StreamYard thing so we can do live shows for you. You can always see my stuff on Instagram and Facebook. I'm still yes. on Twitter before it burns around, but while it is still around, I'll still be there too. And right. You can find me talking about all kinds of crazy, uh, uh, crazy nerd stuff there. So and blue, uh, uh, blue sky. Did you? Your brother's I on. I haven't, I haven't gotten that yet. Your brother is. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I, think I followed him on there, and I'm always looking for you. So I think it's going to be the next Twitter. It's not as active yet because not everybody's made the switch. Yeah. But we're we're I I'm joining everything. I figure <laughs> you know more ears, more eyes. Exactly. Uh, but all right, everybody, we will catch you later. And next episode within this month, a couple weeks maybe, we'll do a – yeah, because you know what? I'm off from the 8th until like right before Christmas. So I'll be sitting around during the day, and I'll bug you then, and we'll do another one of these. Yeah, so same here. Beautiful. All right, everybody, have a good one. Thanks for watching. Thanks, man. And uh, don't forget to stay – what? Not creative. That's the, that's the MacGyver one. Stay excited, everyone. <laughs> the Never Gets Old podcast is part of the Forever Adventure Network and made possible by your donations through Patreon. If you'd like to help us out, please go to the Forever Adventure Network by Mac Jackson on Patreon and help by subscribing, rating, and reviewing wherever podcasts are heard. We also have a Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube channel. The show's music is by Harmony Constant and available wherever music is sold. Thanks for listening, everybody. And remember, stay excited. The Forever Adventure Network. Welcome to the adventure.